Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 171. It's me. I'm here. Jack, you're over across the table. Yes. There you go. He's speaking. Um, and we're back down in the basement. We're going to talk about another week from the world of professional wrestling. Yes. An in-depth review of AEW Dynamite. We'll look at NXT. It was Halloween Havoc, I guess. Night one. And you watched it again. They can't hear you nodding. <laughs> it is not a video podcast but anyways he's nodding he it was halloween havoc we also watched some bound for glory he's gonna say he only watched one match so he watched one match well most of one match yes that's true it did hurt a bit i'm not gonna lie having probably almost a third of it gone for commercials when you watched it but we did uh i watched all of bound for glory jack watched a little bit so we'll talk about that as well news and rumors will start off some trivia do you have a figuring update this week or no no nothing new There's nothing other than you just said you saw a few weird old basics in the Walmart. The elites. Locals. Oh, they were elites. I mm. thought you said basics. Mm. So it's Apollo and who else? Santos. And they're like a year old or whatever? At least. Nice. Because 106 just got revealed and that they're from 87. Oh, that is old. Very old. Well, we're just coming off a week off, right, from school and work. We're doing this on a Friday night, so we won't have any news from SmackDown, I don't think. Depends how long we get we take to get there. But we kind of had a lazy week, which I'm okay with because your brother still had school. But we escaped for one day and did a epic Ikea run because you needed to update epic your Epic is not the word. It's never quick there. But you figured out the secret. What's the secret to getting through Ikea? Going as fast as possible. And? Spending a dollar on a hot sauce. Eating as much as possible was your plan. We stopped at the, even though it's at the exit, we hit the food part first, right? Got a fifty chili dog that you said was pretty good. And your mom approved of it too. Mm-hmm. I got a coffee and you got some sort of weird juice. I don't even know what the berry was. Wasn't it lingonberry? Lingonberry. I don't know what that is. But I don't know what that is. Is that even a real berry? Who knows? No. I, I'm going to trust them. They're Swedish, so it might be fake. And then about halfway through the store, we stopped for to just eat a full-on meal for pretty cheap in Ikea. It wasn't bad, right? Like no, I don't know. Good. It especially, wasn't terrible. It, especially when you consider how much you're spending. So you finally got your bed upgraded and a little bit of furniture upgraded. Because you are now, we just need the shelving. Because you are a large, large man now, so you outgrew a bunch of stuff, and yeah, some shelving to display all of your. You are a collector of collections, which is going to be a problem at some point. Probably not. <laughs> well, where I don't know where all these collections are going to go, but uh, anyways, that's future me's problem. That's future me's problem, unfortunately, as as the owner of this house. Still gonna... not currently a problem. True, true, and yeah. So uh, I don't know. Your brother's been playing volleyball. I've been at a couple of his games, and he's got basketball all weekend. So that's why we're recording tonight. Anything new from your life? I can't uh, think of any. I think we're, we just talked about. We it. didn't go to zombie wrestling. We were supposed to go tonight, but again, things just got really busy. We didn't know when we were going to record, and the tickets for this zombie wrestling were a little bit pricier than I anticipated. Right. Like I think with fees in, they were like sixty bucks each. And I wasn't even sure what I was, what we'd be walking into. So we're going to put it on hold. But we did just see that GCW, um, not that GCW, but Great Canadian Wrestling, <clears throat> that I think we've been to a handful of times, four or five times. We yeah. talk about it on this show. What's the big dream match they're doing there? I sent I, you. Wasn't it Victoria and Medusa? I don't know how that. Victoria and Medusa are coming to beautiful Oshawa, Ontario. I don't understand how that gets. That's where their GCW. careers are at. But like, I don't mean to be rude. GCW is so small, though. It I don't is know. so, and maybe they're doing it because GCW does a lot of charity stuff. Maybe that's the pull. But I don't think there's a lot of calls for Victoria and Medusa. 
but could yeah, be wrong. I don't, I don't even know why they're still wrestling. And then also why, I don't know how, like, it's just so random that they're coming here. And pre-wrestling you knows Medusa from her other career, which was what? Monster Trucks. Which she did appear on, uh, she was on WCW, right, with the truck? I want to say yes. Probably. I could be wrong. I don't know. It depends on when she started. That's what I'm know. saying. You have some of her trucks somewhere. Get her, Take them and get her to sign them. That'd no, be hilarious. They're old and dirty. So and I don't know. I might be interested in going to see that. It's November 11th, so we can keep an eye on it if your schedule works mm-hmm. out. Remem- that's how you want to spend Remembrance Day instead of Remembrancing? Remembrancing the glory days of... No, that's not even true. WCW. And yeah, right. Exactly. And I guess like when was Victoria? Probably like... Er- Ruthless aggression, at least. Well, we just saw we her, just saw um, her win her with a snap suplex. Beat Trish Stratus in a hardcore match with, with a snap, snap suplex. suplex. Yeah, that's how you end a hardcore. And match. it was the era where they called kendo sticks Singapore canes too, because that was an international incident. Where and because ECW, I think some yeah. American. I think we went over this before. Some American person got caught doing stuff over there. I think it maybe was a teenager, and, and they were going to cane him. And it was like this international. How dare you? Uh, I physically he, discipline our children sort of I thing. thought he did get caned I think he did but I think they negotiated the caning down from what it was supposed to be however many lashes I could be wrong it was a thing when I was I want to say 90s I don't know but anyways that no motivated idea. them to call it the Singapore cane instead of a kendo stick but I digress as I tend to do so I figure we're all bantered out here we should probably get into some wrestling talk Mm-hmm. Late news week, I thought, but most week, of mine week, are like week, a week, week, a week, week of news. But we'll tackle it anyways because that's what we do for you. It's what we call news and rumors. All right, ratings not great for either of the shows we track, and that would be as a sports fan. Why would that be? Sport ball. <laughs> it is sport ball. Uh, NBA season. Uh, and Major League Baseball also is in playoffs one round away from the World Series, so that drew some viewers. But Halloween Havoc averaged 787,000 viewers, which is down 1.4%, earned a 0.21 in the key demo, down 8.7%. Observed and... legally, right? What? You watched it legally. Uh, totally. We didn't battle the WWE Network at all this week. No. Which is something I should have mentioned in banter, but I'll, re- I'll circle back around to it. Uh, it faced big competition NXT did this week in the form of opening night of NBA, as well as Major League Baseball's National League. Uh, I think it was Game 7 happened for that. But um, we did plan on, we did talk about on this week off, doing NXT Good Gold Days more episodes. Oh, you're talking about that. But we tried as we might, and you've heard this rant before, the WWE Network Network is a pile of steaming hot garbage. Yeah, I want to get one of those VPNs that will let you change your location, then you can like get Peacock or whatever. We, the only way it works for us is if we watch the actual cable channel, but then you're at the mercy of whatever's on at that time. We can't do on-demand. I can't go on the, the website. On-demand, like, I it can't works, go on the app. Doesn't... I tried phone. I tried tablet. I tried computers, multiple I tried our current cable provider. I tried our previous cable provider just in case it still worked. And it just keeps saying, I forget what the error is. And then it goes back to the home screen and that's it. So we literally tried really hard. I apologize people that anyone out there, probably no one, but maybe someone out there waiting for us. Ghost Jam. Ghost Jam. Shout out to you. At some point, we'll get this done. But the network is just like, if it weren't for the fact that we watched the pay-per-views, I would have canceled it long ago because this is a ongoing frustration yeah, if it was easier to use i would be watching things so much more right but it's the it's absolute and for a multi-billion dollar corporation to have that as the situation in 2023 
even if it's only just Canada that's affected, that's ridiculous. And I personally think, and there's no bias here whatsoever, if you're going to care about someone not in your domestic range, you should care about us. And I will cancel um, WWE if AEW puts out something. I have a feeling. I think that's the only like justification for me is because, I mean, I don't... And we can, yes, I'm not paying for it, but like I like having the WWE back catalog and all that crap. If we can access it, if yes. If AEW gets one, I will definitely, I will gladly spend my time watch, rewatching the Dynamite things I've been. And missing. there's probably works too, which would be a main selling feature for me. Like that, you can actually use it. Is a pretty good business model. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I haven't watched like the network in ages because it's complicated. I mean, maybe it'll work. Online, yes, this cable switch know. we made is tough on me right now. Learning all the new channels and oh, it's so frustrating. I but anyways. just the only reason I like it is because now I don't have to use a VPN to get my regular YouTube. So yeah, that's good. I just stick to YouTube. Sorry, uh, back to ratings. So NXT was down in both spots due to sports. And Dynamite, similar thing, down to 774,000 viewers. That's 14.1% below the week before. And a 0.24 in the key demographic, down 22.6%. It is the lowest audience total for a Wednesday night airing of the show since June 15th, 2022. And they also went head-to-head with NBA for the first time since June because the season's back and running. And just historically, NBA has a negative effect on ratings for AEW. They're yeah. apparently well, are. Yeah, because they used to move all the time, and now they literally they had to change networks. Yeah, and I think there are some wrestling fans who will watch basketball first, I guess, is is what they're saying. All right, what do you have for news? I only have like three or four things that um, of marginal One of the things was, I assume, off the back of their international success this year and like, well, and last year with uh, what Clash the Castle in Cardiff, Black Clash in Puerto Rico, Money in the Bank in London. Yep. Uh, WWE's got on august 31st next year bash in berlin i saw that germany yes just trying to move things around i guess why not i just don't like when it's like that because bash in berlin so like i don't just like give them give them a normal pay-per-view yeah like money in the bank in london and backlash in puerto rico i like that because it's just like but actually naming one for the city it's just kind of i don't know um clash the castle is okay i guess because it's like it's kind of in the middle ground because it's Man, like kind of centric to that. Just but... love their alliteration, eh? Yeah. Like can't Bash in Berlin. can't help themselves. Yeah, I don't know. But do it. It's uh, so that's that's cool. I guess hopefully, like maybe by then we could get Gunther. Maybe that's when Gunther mm-hmm. gets his. I mean, he's Austrian, but whatever. <laughs> what whatever? I don't. I think that matters, but um, uh, I get what you're saying. That's what people have been saying, yeah. But um, that's neat, I guess. If you're <laughs> if you're listening to us and you happen to reside in Germany. <laughs> I'm sure we do great in Germany. We're killing it in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from earlier in the week, there was a report that CM Punk, your best friend, was backstage Happy at... Happy belated birthday to Mr. Brooks. Was backstage at the Impact Wrestling Chicago tapings. His noted friend, uh, Ace Steel, was backstage at the Impact Bound for Glory. Company even considered using Steel on screen, this report was saying, but opted against it due to not wanting to, like, in a way they'd be teasing Punk being there too right absolutely so i think they wanted to avoid like being accused of bait and switch or something so they didn't do it and i guess punk had previously attended an impact event back in april and that i, I don't think remember that, he i but remember there was a lot of buzz then apparently i remember he showed up on or he showed up at backstage of raw once because you remember he was talking to people and then he also yeah. showed up at impact once i, I think I he just is like that. hey they haven't I haven't been in the media cycle for a couple weeks. He I'm going to go do something. showing up around um, before he came back to AEW to ruin everything. Right. So um, 
and I told you I heard John and Way over at Post Wrestling talking about this, and it made me nervous. They're like, basically, they remember Jericho saying that he had a really competitive offer from Impact. It's not that they don't have money, right? The Anthem is a very profitable company, I guess. And, I don't know what Anthem does. And if you're also rebranding and you want to really draw That's numbers and news attention. we could talk about is they're going back to TNA. Did we yeah. not talk about that? Yeah. No, we're, they're going back to TNA at the beginning. of Which we were talking about. We actually, will... maybe we talked about it last week. I don't actually and, know. And I think it's that it's far enough removed from TNA now that there it is nostalgia for some people. Like, I'm in that demographic kind of, right? Like, I was watching Impact from very, very early, Global if not right wrestling. from the beginning. Um, so there is a bit of nostalgia there. And I think maybe the thousandth episode show, I think they really learned that that was like, people did really want the knockouts division and they do really want the X division to be like a focal point. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm curious. I don't really know. It de- I, I'm very mixed on it as someone who doesn't care. We talked about it depends on what that means. They are claiming it's going to be like higher budget, bigger venues. Um, as long as it's... If that means their set actually changes for the first time in like three or four years, right. then I'm all for that because they their set is to look the same whether the, em- the arenas are empty or and not. And some of the places they frequent, and uh, no disrespect to Canada, but there's some places in Canada that they frequent where it's not a great presentation when it's on TV. Like when we go Rebel. to Rebel, it's different. It's a tiny venue, but it looks really good on TV. There's some where they go to other places where I'm like, this does not. It didn't look great. I think it was when they went to Battle Arts. Right. No, it wouldn't look great there. So if they're going back to like, they have their own stars that they're building that are unique to them, that's great. If they're going back to signing all the WWE cast-offs and letting them do whatever Depends they want. Depends on who you're signing. Right, then I'm not into it. I would like them to then go back to the title that Moose had. You know, that TNA title? I think that design is really nice, actually. Not in the the feud with ECW that I love so much? Or with uh, EC3? Yeah, but that that (laughs) belt. Yeah, like that TNA belt that they had probably... It would have been like early to mid-2000s. Yeah, remember how much I hated that feud? Yeah, because there's the original TNA title that Kurt Angle had. And people love that. I don't like that one that much. Yeah. I like the, the 2010s one that like... Bully Ray would have had or Bobby Roode had you mm-hmm. know, that one. Um, so they should bring back that for their title. Um, and honestly, I would all I think they should just go back to Global Force Wrestling. No, uh, so I'm okay with this change as long as it's sort of in the direction I want. I, think I guess it's we'll kinda see. Kind of dumb, but like I guess I don't hear if... a lot of people saying they miss TNA. Yeah, or even so... that it's super different from what I guess it was. I don't. They're know. like. The whole spiel was like they hear TNA where they go. It's like I never once in my life at any show, and we've been to Impact a bunch of times, and I've watched Impact a bunch of times, mm-hmm. or and you reviewed Impact a bunch of times. Have sure ever did. seen, heard any TNA chant at all? Never have I seen anyone miss say they missed True. TNA. True. Um, and that was like a big cr- crux of um Scott Moore's speech, and that segment too was like Frankie when they're that was a. Not my that favorite. That was bad. It was not great. I did. They had I a whole bunch that. of people who are bad actors, like Eddie and Alicia Edwards Alicia, and Kaz. Alicia. Kaz isn't great. I don't think that either. Was, I think even, even like, Alexand- I love Shelly. I love Shelly seemed- too. And Shelly just like, it just did not fit at no. all. And it's like, and so in kayfabe, like, all these, I know kayfabe doesn't really matter, but it's like, they all it's hate each other. It's on TV, so it's like to me, it's still kind of a cape. So like in kayfabe, all these wrestlers who hate each other, Kaz and Eddie coming specifically, up a blood feud. right? They just um, tried to kill each other, in and Alicia's there too, right? Uh, and they're just like talking about like, oh yeah, I missed TNA. It's like they're 
Yeah. It's like a high school reunion. You're digging up like the, was it the time capsule? And like Kaz just walks out of the water carrying this case, right? Like it, it's, he went swimming it's, for like, it's a bit silly. I don't know. The whole thing is like, it's just whatever. I don't think it really. And all the music and Scott the. Scott more like it was kind of cute or whatever. Too but fired like up. he was way yeah. too fired up. Cause I watched that and it, he was way too fired so, up. For I don't know what they're expecting, but I guess we'll see. Know. And I'm wondering if like, does that is that why they just punted the episode this week? Like the if you didn't know, this week's um, that's how I watched Bailey Osprey. Yeah, they're the the episode of the weekly show was them just cherry picking from Bound for Glory, mm-hmm. uh, entire matches of some, and then some they had shortened down. I will. Uh, be okay with this whole thing if they bring back the six-sided ring because personally i think that'd be really <laughs> it funny. makes them different they might actually that might be part of it i would be okay with that because i think it's a unique but mostly i just think it's funny because i think it as cool as it is i all will always think it's kind of stupid they do like to try new things i and i, I think that'd be cool. then you, need, you need to bring back um i think you need to bring back the tna things that are kind of stupid but not overly stupid like lockdown which is a cage match favorite yep. that's stupid but like every match in a it cage, it amuse me. Um, Which so you get King no the, variety. It's a long night. King of the Mountain. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't like that. But it, it would also be kind of funny. No. Nope. And then like, uh, what else should they? I would like at Hard to Kill, um, a King of the Mountain match, uh-huh. a blindfold cage match because that worked out awesome. Uh, um, and I would also like a reverse battle royal. Actually, you. I have um, one of my news items is that uh, maybe I'll throw, throw that in right now. Okay. My note, my words say Booker T continues to demonstrate what a fool he is and just how out of touch he is. He believes that the TNA faction consisting of himself, Sting, Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, and Samoa Joe Main event mafia. was superior to the bloodline in WWE. Quote, <laughs> main event mafia was a better faction by far. But I think the bloodline has had one of the best runs any faction ever could ever have. So probably that's the best. To imply that Main Event Mafia had a better run. But I just say better faction because we had some major players and we and we weren't a family. We was a faction. This like that's a, you don't you don't get to comment on wrestling anymore if that's your opinion. <laughs> like. There's some <laughs> governing body that goes. No, 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 no. no. What's, what's going to happen next week about we're gonna, wrestling? We're going to talk about it next week on, on Busted Open Radio Bully Rays. Like, Aces and Eights was a way better faction right. than Flood Oh my Mom. God. I was, <laughs> I was very much watching at the time of Aces and Eights. New World Order. With Wes Briscoe. I think it's like, well, that sounds like Horace Hogan to me. Who well, else was in there? Wes Briscoe equals Horace Hogan. Yeah. Uh, well, like. I don't think I think Hulk Hogan would be making a bold claim if he said NWO had a better run than the Bloodline, and that's NWO. I think that's a bold claim, At but least, it, it's understandable, and, right? Um, Debatable. But who talks about the main event mafia still? Who talks about Booker the main T, event mafia? Because he was in it in his glory days. Speaking of Booker T, he's making me hate Trick Williams' entrance. Right. I think his he theme sounds me... cool. I think the crowd enhances it, and then I think Booker T he, just drags it down. He takes away from what? a lot of it he's part I of the, like it he wwe has trained me to really not pay attention to commentary because if i do i just get frustrated <laughs> especially if it's a main roster pay-per-view with the commentary i, I found like even when i was a kid there was always someone i hated i've talked about this before but like when they had the three-man teams on raw especially there was always someone i hated and nxt too actually because there's on raw like 2017 era we had booker t 
Amazing. No surprise. I remember NXT around that era. Um, Percy Watson. Amazing. Um, I remember this one specific line oh with goodness. him and Morrow um, from that North American title ladder match. You know, yeah. the one that Cole won. Yep. Um, it honestly kind of feels like a Booker T moment because it was um, shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> I think Booker comparable. I think, sorry, not Booker. I think it was that spot where Killian Dane did like a suicide dive to Lars. I yeah. think that's what it was. I don't know, something like that. And Percy's like. What did you say about big man not doing well in ladder matches? And then, because you know, Mara was yeah. giving the whole spin, and then like Mara's like, oh, that's not what I said. And it's like, it was, I hated him. I hated Coachman in like 2018. Yep. There's always someone, man. Always Booker someone. T is probably the worst one. Now, I think, like, if he didn't come back to commentary, it wouldn't be as bad. Oh, Beth Phoenix, too. Amazing. I hated Beth Phoenix. I don't know. Um, okay. Is it I'm, me or you? We, we, we digressed a little there. That might happen. Cause I think way back to the original point we had though, um, they should not bring CM Punk to TNA. No. Cause, um, unless they want to die, like if kill it from they, the inside, just like everything impacts, else. Like we've survived too many times, guys. We should have died a decade ago. So let's just kill it off. And they should have died Punk. 10 times. Yeah. Like I don't they're like a cockroach. They just survive and survive and I survive. I think CM Punk would And I like the be, product a lot. So. I think CM Punk could be the final nail in the coffin he could be. if they really wanted to. Yep. Um uh okay, I'll go with this one because it's kinda related to impact. Um Sammy Callahan's reportedly been seen that backstage was in AEW. My next one. Yeah. And it he left impact, his contract expired at the end of September. I don't think thirty six years old. I don't think he should go there. Uh, I think Impact's the perfect fit for him at this state because he's like, he's edging out of his prime and he's not like, I just don't see him like, if he were to sign with AEW doing big things, I did see that he might be I just think going he's... for like a partial backstage role too. So, and right. It, maybe, yeah, if he's wanting Otherwise, down, he's a sense. fit for TNA, right? Like he's, he seems to fit there. Fun fact, as I was... I was going to correct that, but I'm like, now I have to get I used know, to it. I know, because I can say it, that's my default is TNA, so I can go back to it. Just when I finally learned to say impact, though, it's like, <laughs> nope, switch it back. Uh, fun fact regarding that story that I did not know. Okay. Do you know who he teamed with? On the indies from 2009 to 2000. Yeah. What was the team name? I forgot. The Switchblades. Nah. So I don't know if they included that as like a, well, he's friends with Moxie, but I don't think Callahan's a fit for AEW or WWE. Still friends with Moxley. Yeah, I don't no. know. Well, we know he's not a fit for WWE. So that experiment was done. TNA let Callahan go, obviously, but good news for me, sarcasm, they signed PCO. He's got a new contract. Uh, he is the first signing of the new era of TNA wrestling. Um, well, you're saying Impact signed him, TNA could fire him. He says Demore made him an offer he couldn't refuse, and he wanted to be a part of the new era. Well, okay, but like... I can't stand him, but he does get a good crowd reaction, and he just won the Monsters Ball. Well, if you're 50-something so... and you're like, well, you should be winding down your career, let's say. Uh, he probably is, <laughs> he, regardless. He um I feel like the standard for an offer you can't refuse is lower an than offer? most. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's because like, offer. Who else is signing one unless he wants to do indie bookings for the rest right. of his career? So, And even then, what indie bookings are going to be available to him? So I feel like, yeah, the, the offer he can't refuse very well could just be an offer. Yep. Uh, and, like, again, don't love him, but people do. So I guess... It makes sense for TNA to sign him. I'm just not personally happy. He's going to hurt somebody really soon. Even uh, I'll talk about it. He might it. even hurt himself. I'll talk about it in the Monsters Ball match. That deanimator he hits on the apron to people is just him just dr dropping on. Anyways. That's well, a lot of his moves, yeah. Uh, what else do you have? I only have one. Um, more, last one is Brock Lesnar's going to miss a Saudi show for the first time. Uh, reportedly not in the creative mix, and tickets have been selling well enough. 
with everything going on, they're going to save him for later. Save him. I guess. He is a draw still, I yeah, guess. Um, he is. He's a, I guess. He's an attraction. Well enough. And I guess on that note, um, Roman Reigns is also reportedly not going to hit Survivor I saw Series. That. So that's surprising. Because I've seen everyone fantasy booking the champ versus champ, Roman and Seth. Yeah. And while I hate the brand warfare trope and I hate the champion versus champion trope, this is like the one time where you could put a storyline into a Survivor I Series champion champion match. Why they brought in the new GMs too was to ramp up for this. And why would you not book Roman versus Rollins when like why wouldn't you do that? There's unfinished business from the right. Rumble last year. They won't. Why wouldn't you do that? You gave us like remember uh, Roman and Big E and that was boring as hell. It was. And boring there was as Roman hell. and McIntyre and the and uh, the Thunderdome and that was boring as hell. Like. I feel like the rest of the show could just be boring brand nonsense, but like, why would you not do that? This is like the one time I personally would be interested right. in a Survivor Series related champion versus champion match because it's it's the Shield guys and like everybody would be interested in that. Not getting it. Why wouldn't you do that? Like, that's the I don't care whether Roman appears or not because we don't really care. But this is probably the one time where I'm like. Why wouldn't you do that? And it's a big four. It's not even like. And they've had good matches recently together too. Yeah, right? they always we have, love that match. They always have great matches. That was the pay per view saver for me. It was. Um, they always have great matches. And like, and it's a big four. It's not like he's missing, like what he's missed like a fast couple. Lane. Fast lane payback. Battleground. Is that a thing? I don't even know. Anymore. Not anymore. Not in a while. But like, who who cares about that? But like, I don't I don't understand that. So that's weird. And but he, he'll wrestle in Saudi though. My final one. There is a new. <laughs> Hottest free agent available, second generation star. Did you hear who's confirmed departed from AEW? Don't tell me. Second generation star. It's not Pillman. It's he's not gone. Pillman. He's already Who's gone. Second generation in AEW. Brock Anderson. Correct. Okay. I got they it. let him go. Removed from AEW's roster page, and then he uh, he, he can go team with Lexus King. He confirmed in social media that he is departing from the company because he never really did anything and was not impressive when he did. So okay, so no the, big deal. the analogy I'd like to use is um oh <clears throat> analogy I, time. I was I watched um Cold Holic's video. Uh, they did like cause they got the series uh, Rise and Fall. Yeah. Of crap. Um. So I watched on you know AWA. Yep. Uh, Vern Gagne. Yep. Um. That. Uh. There was the Rise and Fall of that, and I I thought that one was interesting. It was cool, and it was um because like part of it was like Hogan and yes early Hogan. So I thought that was kind of cool. R- racism aside, because there was no racism involved in this tale, so it's okay. Well, I mean, there's always racism involved when there's Hogan, <laughs> probably. But but um. Anyways, like he pushed his son a lot um yeah and he's he did. like better eric than... no For, uh, maybe i forget greg gone greg yeah greg gone and it's just like and he just didn't have what uh Vern had and he just like it reminds me of brock anderson cause it's like uh, well arn is like obviously it's like a lesser version because arn wasn't as successful as Vern was and whatever but like still everyone loves arn right or like yes he was revered for his time and then brock anderson is just literally nothing yes the only thing i remember him doing was getting squashed by malachi black i don't mean to be mean but other than being arn anderson's kid there is nothing but he just looks exceptional boring. they to be fair arn his, anderson looked boring too it was a different time though you could get it away a, with a, it. it was a different time b he was teaming with rick flair right like um and then like in Brock's defense, they gave him nothing Not either. True, but he maybe was just, he wasn't ready for anything either. He was I don't literally, know. literally just Arn Anderson. I honestly maybe think he should go to join Lexus King Performance Center. And like, maybe you do like you get them and someone else, and you do Legacy 2.0. You get, I don't know, like 
Uh, I just, he, he didn't fit in AEW, so maybe give him something else. Hey, at know. least he has some wrestling experience, and he is a second generation. He's not just a random athlete they're bringing to the PC, right? So Exactly. So in that respect, I would probably rather him there. And then I, you could probably... Now you do this weird... Okay, here's what I'm thinking, uh, just off the top of my head here. Um, Gimmick infringement. It's a segment, <laughs> bro. So you have Lexus King, you have Brock Anderson, hypothetically, and you have Cal Bloom. Oh, yeah. AKA Von Wagner. Von. You have a new kind of legacy, like, you know, Orton and Cody and uh, DiBiase Jr., obviously not. Maybe you don't call it legacy, but like a legacy kind of idea. And then you have them managed by Stone. You could have them as heels or faces. Sorry, I feel did like you heels include Braun? Braun? Vaughn, Braun as your main eventer. I like that better. Vaughn, Vaughn yeah, as yeah. your monster. The okay. other two as your tag team. Okay, I like that better. That improves the idea. So yeah, you you include you those three four. I'm talking about, and then you have Braun. I would be good because Braun would be a much better blue guy chipper. than yeah than Wagner. So actually, I like that a lot. Yeah, you could have Vaughn as the monster protector, right? As the heavy. Yeah, and like a, and, and he a can do team. mid card too. Yeah, so yep. that that'd be kind of cool actually. I think if they're gonna bring in Brock, that's what I would do. All right. Well, that was and a that was a good news segment. Even though there was hardly any news, we got chatting about some stuff, and I think people like that. So, a lot of our opinions in well, there. Unless they don't, then we just tortured them for however long. And we're now going to shift gears into what is generally, almost always, our favorite show of the week. That's a little bit of hint of foreshadowing for you, and it is this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite. All right, let's talk about this uh, dynamite. As I hear your brother up there screaming about some video game, I don't think he it comes through on the podcast because I use the right microphones. I but I don't know if that child knows how to play a game without screaming controller like a lunatic. When I was testing out, you know, you know how cool I am and how much I love microphones, and I come down here and just record to see what they it's, sound it's like. It's okay, I'm popular too. And his um, some of my condenser mics not to be nerdy they pick up everything and i like he doesn't even have to be screaming and i can hear him coming through these mics sort of drown out everything around us thankfully but some of the ones i have pick him up two floors above when he's just talking loudly not even screaming but anyways he's just a lot you think i'm trying to avoid talking about dynamite here so go ahead yeah tell us about it well just to avoid it a little more is um actually i could probably talk about it in relation to another thing um i'll just mention now um th- this week the secondary shows actually look okay because collision yep, has we're gonna MJF watch rampage omega, later yep um which i will watch because mjf omega hell yeah why wouldn't i watch that um that sound that sounds like a collision match that could rival the tag match that i love so dearly mm-hmm. and then yeah rampage looks really cool like kyle fletcher and Takesha, are you kidding me that sounds that's money that's that's money. That's something that will get me to watch Why anything. Don't we check it out when I get back from hanging out with the dads tonight. If I'm not okay. super late, I don't okay. know how late it'll like, be. That's something like if that was on the Dynamite up against um NXT when like yeah. that's that would get me to watch. Like if I, like hypothetically enough, I'm watching either Takesha Fletcher. Hell yeah. Take then, my money. Yeah, take my money, even though it's Rampage. Right. <laughs> and then uh Santana and Ortiz uh blow off match is that that should be cool. Uh even though it Every time they do uh, some promo for their feud, it makes me a little more sad. Yes. Because it's just like, I don't know. They were such an awesome tag team. And they're so great. In a company and... that I thought was going to pay a lot of attention to tag teams. And they did, but it's just like they never got pushed. No. And I think that kind of killed them. Like, I just wish they got pushed. And I, I still hope someday that Michael and first name Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> Michael get back and together. Steven. Steve, Steve Ortiz. That's Steven. what we're going Pretty with. Pretty sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, we can talk about this, I guess. 
Um, we'll, we kick off with an MJF interview. He calls Cole and says he's glad he got out of Roddy's house. And he asks about the surgery. Roddy comes in, shouting for Adam, who then hangs up. Um, Roddy says Max is obviously the man behind the devil mask, but they can pretend he's not. And they'll help him against Volk of Gold because they have a mutual best friend. And then Roddy says, obviously, it's more his best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF then sarcastically thanks him and shoves him away in the wheelchair, which is pretty funny. Uh, MJF said he has a bullet with Deuce's name on it and he's not going to miss. Because mellow don't miss. Exactly. Oh, my, my That's what mistake. it felt like. Um, then we get like a glitchy cut to a few seconds of the devil mask Ooh. in the dark. Right. Which, how can it be? It's supposed to be MJF. Crazy. Maybe it's not. Um, yeah, I thought like Roddy was amusing here again. And babyface MJF is fine. I just like, it just pales in comparison to heel MJF, right? So... And in this head-to-head feud, I'm preferring the work of Jay White and Bullet Club Gold, for to be honest oh, with you. I, that's, that's that's not saying much, though. I absolutely love And Bullet I thought Club it was Gold. a bit strange that this whole segment set up by MJF, who waits until he has an interview with on camera to make a phone call. Like, I, I thought that was kind of cheesy. I guess. Little setup. But this whole, I don't know, it'll, we'll come back around to it later. This whole your, like, main event champion figurehead of the company or whatever face of the company i don't know if this is the stuff i'd have him doing i don't feel like he needs the belt to do a lot of the stuff he's doing but no but i guess like the belt i don't think it's adding any prestige to anything keeps a lot of people in orbit though because it does he wouldn't be dealing with joe or switchblade right i feel like that's not the i think the issue is just not having cole around it might be and it feels like I think just Cole, like... It was is, a sudden end to something they had more plans for. Cole is such a huge part of MJF's shtick right now and such a huge part of the dynamic that it's, like, a really large variable. It's a chasm without him. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. I think MJF's still getting by pretty good, but, like, I think Cole made his current shtick really great mm-hmm. to where I didn't care that he wasn't doing the heel stuff right now. Now it's, like... He's still hanging on, but it's starting to kind of. I agree, and Roddy's still entertaining me, but Ro- not Roddy's much... helping it out for sure. But not much else of this is really hitting too hard for me. So again, it helps to have Cole in there, right? Like, it does. I don't know. We we need him in there for sure. Um, I thought it was a solid little start to the show. Um, I like the interaction between Roddy and MJF. Uh, as much as I don't love the Kingdom, I feel like the, them and Roddy team with MJF is a more interesting story than the acclaimed because. Uh, personally i don't really need the acclaimed in here um other than like i guess like they're an option for mjf and that's fine but i would like roddy to, just because i think that's funny um it could serve as a solid substitute in cole's absence with roddy but um not as good obviously and then mjf and the acclaimed is probably what we're getting uh devil mask appears again with no clues that's still interesting um i'm just gonna say um who attacks switchblade over who attacked trick because could be the same person better you don't know. It's a free agent, Sammy Callahan, attacking everyone. Sammy Callahan beats up everybody. Death machine. You know, he just beats up everyone. You know what we call that? What? Ohio versus everything. Correct. And I thought he was doing a good tweener role for a bit in Impact that he just sort of abandoned. I miss OVE, Sammy, because that was, he was just His entrance insane. is dope. I don't care what anyone sure. says when he's doing the death machine entrance. I still entrance. love, um, for TNA or Impact, um, I love Moose. 
Moose's entrance is so Moose good. Moose is good. For, like, how small... He, yeah, he in, gets a star in entrance. In their venues, it still oh, looks yeah. good. I don't even love Moose. I just love Moose's entrance. Yep. And I think his theme fits it perfectly, too. I don't know. It's, it's nice. Um, We open the show with... or We get our opener, which is Juice Robinson versus MJF, uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring. Right. And I remember, her, I remember hearing you say uh, you like Juice's That theme. is my first note. I thought his entrance music is... Good. I did listen to it. I actually do kind of enjoy and it suits as well. Him. It yeah. does suit him. Yeah, it's nice. I like him, them calling him the Stray Bullet. Yeah, I like that That's too. That's a good n- nickname. Although, um, I like Rock Hard too. I actually added to my uh, Christmas list the shirt that just says Rock Hard on it. Cause <laughs> you love those <laughs> That's what I live. Shirts. That's what I live for. Because, I mean... I like just a good wrestling shirt. Like I want the like there's the Aussie Open one or but like when you get one that says Bang Bang Gang or Rock Hard or I'm that's a poor. funny or I'm a poor like I've heard com- people commenting on. on that hoodie of yours. I know I got a couple too, and then it's just like that. That's what I live for. That's what I want. They're, that's it. Little do they know they give me exactly what I want. That's right. I live to create conversation over my random my my shirt text. Yeah. Um. Some notables from the match, MJF uh, ran Juice in the barricade and threw him over the timekeeper's table. I uh, catapulted him face first in the ring post, which would start him bleeding muchly. Mm-hmm. Um, Juice chokes MJF with his scarf behind the ref's back while he's distracted by Colton. Uh, MJF later does the same, uh, but Juice gadgets his eyes to get out. Um, MJF keeps like bashing Juice's head on the top turnbuckle. I thought that was cool because the blood on his face started to stain the white logo. Yeah, on it the did look kind of cool. I thought that was kind of cool. There's progressively more blood on there. Uh, kangaroo kick from MJF. Uh, Juice connects with the left hand of God and a falling powerbomb for two. Oh, that's what my notes. I just wrote L hog and a P and a power. I have a short form for powerbomb, and I didn't know what L hog was. Left hand of God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have L hog and PB for two, which means left hand of God and powerbomb for two. Oh, I thought it's like a hot dog and peanut butter. I know? always shorten powerbomb to PB and clothesline to it. PL, be- or CL, sorry, because we write them so much. I just typed them out. You're crazy. I'm not dedicated. I'm not a coward. <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid to type these words. The L hog and a PB for a near fall. <laughs> uh, then I think like MJF got sent towards the ropes, or sorry, he just like... He got sent to the ropes, so he just kind of just did all of a sudden. He suicide. He did suicide out his guns. I thought it was really clean, because he didn't like get the big build up and right. bounce off the he ropes. Just he just kind of went for straight it. Straight to the ropes and It was and perfectly through. clean, so I thought that was cool. Yep. Um, Juice hits the Juice is loose for a near fall, which is that like front falling DDT. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, it's like the DDT, but like I just he didn't falls know the Juice is loose. Yeah. Nice. The Juice is loose. Um, he did the JIL and the L hog. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, finish comes with the guns to track the ref. Juice for, goes for the quarter punch, but MJF avoids it. Hits him with a diamond, diamond ring um, before he takes with the guns and hits a heat seeker for the win. Um, Bolko Gold attack MJF till the kingdom run down with Roddy in the wheelchair. They brawl with the guns until um, Bolko Gold take control, send them out. Acclaimed run off to run out to make the save. Um, White talks from the ramp and tells MJF to focus and follow his exotic accent, which made me laugh. Um, White says to forget about everything else, like Omega, Joe, Wardlow, Devil Mask, etc. The fact that Wardlow's in this mix um, yeah. bothers me. One of these things is not like the other. Nope. Um, it's like, um, uh, it, and the difference is one of them doesn't interest me. Correct. It's Wardlow. <laughs> Um, and to focus on him, says he'll never get his grubby hands on the title again, and he'll pummel his face into the ground, and then he'll breathe with the switchblade. Colton congratulates him on keeping the ring, but they still have the triple B. And MJF has something else they also want in the ROH tag titles, and he challenges MJF to a tag title match at full gear. Um, Austin says it doesn't matter if the MJF or the devil shows up, because they got two guns for each of them. 
uh, or one for each of them. Uh, MJF accepts the challenge says he won't wait to get his hands on Jay White. He accepts the challenge for an eight-man tag match next week, and he gets his so he, and then he gets his belt back if he wins. Um, Roddy shouts Max, and <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, MJF was like, "I'm right here, Finally. stop yelling at me," yeah. which I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and Roddy says he'll obviously pick them, right? And um, he tells Roddy to sit the kingdom on his lap and roll his chair off a cliff, which I thought was also kind of funny. Um, Caster says that means he'll pick the acclaim then, right? And uh, MJF tells Caster not to touch him. He says he's known Caster for a long time. He never liked him. He says he would never tag Caster even if he was the only way to put a fire on him. And Caster does the thing where he's like, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> right. Um, Dumb and dumber. Caster wants a scissor uh, before they leave, which and that I'd love for someone to take that out of context. Uh, and MJF denies it and walks away. He comes up the ramp. Uh, and Kenny Omega comes out. Omega says MJF seems to have a lot going on, so we'll cut to the chase. He challenges MJF to a title match, um, and to like basically, so he has a chance to defend his record because yes, think, to beat MJF um, before MJF goes longer with which the is the typical thing. Right? Yep. Um, and MJF puts out the challenge for collision and says, "May the best man win." Uh, they both do their closing lines, and then uh, Mega pulls him in, and says, three days, bitch." Yeah. Uh, so I thought the match itself Much to unpack here was a pretty basic bloody brawl, like full of cheating and not a ton of wrestling until the final few minutes, I thought. And I guess the story is the ultimate cheater, despite him being a baby face, still he can outsmart an entire group of cheaters, right, to retain his ring. I think it ended up being solid, just not the pace I prefer to start an episode of Dynamite. Um, I thought the kingdom looked like absolute goobers here, right? Because they came out and got taken out immediately. That's okay. Which doesn't bother me, no. Um. And just some of MJF's interactions, I said it before, don't feel like main champion face of the company stuff to me. I think he could be doing all this stuff other than the Jay White stealing his belt. Although I believe you are on record as saying you like when people have multiple things going on. I do. So It's just they don't feel big enough. And then you have all these run-ins and promos after the match. I started out getting a bit fatigued. This was really lengthy. I thought they could have moved on with something else and circled back to some of this later, like in an interview or a vignette or something later. Um, however, ending with MJF Kenny, that's when you got my attention back. That's feels like main champion face of the company stuff. That's the most interesting to me was the tiny little bit at the at And the then end. also Switchblade and then you got a bunch of stuff. In yeah, between. lots of stuff going on. I just wish it felt more important. Like I don't mind that he's involved in several things at once because I do think that's a thing AEW does better than anybody else, but like I want them to be meaningful and some of it's comedy and some of it's baby face and some of it's serious. So it's just kind of all over the place mm-hmm. for me. I do think he has a bit much going on, but I like that there's multiple things going on. I there's do a lot to unpack here. Um, first with the match, I thought it was solid opener, um, solid action here. Nothing amazing. Um, I'm just still good in the ring as baby face, but a little simpler, more crowd centric, which is Sometimes good, sometimes not. I thought Juice looked pretty good, though. I thought he got a couple cool near falls towards the end. Uh, he got a good enough showing. I like seeing so much Juice. Uh, finish was fine. A typical MJF finish, so that is totally fine by me. Post-match here was a lot to take in. Maybe slightly overstates welcome, but I like most of the things going on here. Um, I always enjoy Jay White. I uh, cut a good, another good promo, as always. It wasn't a lot new, but he delivers so well every time. I love his delivery and everything, uh, and he amuses me, so it's totally fine. Um... He was also amusing on commentary, I thought. Um, cause this is the way he was sounding like when Juice is in trouble. He, I thought he made some like noise or whatever that was funny. Um, I like Bang Bang Gang going for everything MJF has. So I thought the guns a little bit was solid as well. Um, Roddy amuses me again. Uh, I like the angle he's trying to work here. MJF's response to him amused me as well. Um, 
Ian Claim's involvement uh, was fine too, somewhat amusing, but I like their spot here. More so for the fact that MJF's denial of them felt more like heel MJF. Like when he turned the acclaim down, it felt more like heel MJF to me. So I, I like that kind of. It is sort of like he can't. It's seeping out, right? right he like, can't keep that. Which yeah, is so fine. I like that that was still there. Like the glimpses of real MJF are still right. there. So I like that they at least serve that purpose um, if Cole's not here. Finally, we had the bit with Omega, which I thought was a cool little promo, but like you said, attention-grabbing because that's a huge match they're just putting on Collision. Mm-hmm. But I guess timing-wise, that's where you got to put it. Um, but I like when the record holders come to try and cut off the whoever's on the Simple cost little over. story that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, um, the Usos and New Day did it, um, which was either the beginning of this year or like the end of last year. They did that. like They ran back the rivalry just because yeah. the Usos were about to break the record. Um, so I like that, even though like pretty much every time the champ retains and sets the new record, um, I don't care. Cause I, it's just a simple story to get out, uh, get out there. And I always think it's kind of fun. Yep. It just sucks. Cause I realized, um, MJF and Punk won't have a physical belt to fight for, but maybe they can hit up Punk to borrow his belt. Cause I'm going to assume he still has the real championship. Um, the whole shebang was a tad bit too long. could have been split up, but I think all in all, I like what everything we had going on here. Um, MJF's partners will also be interesting. With what goes on later, I f- would I think it'd be interesting if Samoa Joe helped MJF at least um, team with the gun or team against the guns at yeah. Full Gear. If Joe's not involved in the eight-man tag, I could see Joe subbing in for Cole at Full Gear, perhaps. Get me more Samoa Joe. I'm fine with that. I feel like that could be all the Joe. More MJF related stuff, except now I don't care anymore because it's Wardlow. Yay. Um, he was talking about how he sat at home for four months watching MJF become the name and face of this company despite doing some horrible things in the past. He said he had to watch the man he, that he despises and that he beat headline the biggest show ever. I said that there's nothing left for him, so now he's going to take everything from MJF. Right. So he's like, he, I wasn't hurt or on vacation. He just was in a dark place, right? So, like, is that him just basically going like, I wasn't booked for a long time. It was kind of him going, there's no good reason I wasn't here. I guess he could have been in a dark place, but like, cause the last thing he did was lose to Christian or sorry, lose his title to Luchasaurus. So I guess there's that. And I get, I don't actually don't hate his motivation here. Like I beat MJF and now you guys have given him everything and I'm pissed. Like, yeah. So my that's thing is I, I think, I think the angle he has here is pretty cool. And I think just it wish works. It wasn't him. It makes sense. It's just unfortunate that it's worth though. That's exactly what I said. Because, like, I think it's cool. It makes sense because it's this guy that he not only did he be, but he worked for him for a couple years. And so he knows what he's like. He knows the scumbag that he is. And now everyone's just cheering him. And so I love it. But, um, and I would be, I would actually like this. And I would be interested if it wasn't Wardlow. His character and in ring work no longer interests me at all. So this little bit of interest does nothing for me, even though it's inherently not bad. I agree. Simple, realistic. But Wardlow, <laughs> like, unfortunately, it's mean. But I just I don't like Wardlow like, anymore. If you weren't doing anything, why like why did you wait so long? Why now? Why now? All when he's a got a bunch of other crap going on, why wouldn't you have gone before? Or why wouldn't you wait till after this? But or... I felt the same way. I like this motivation. I just wish it were anyone else. Like not circling back around to something that they really beat to death a while ago, right? So, anyways, Wardlow's just not interesting more and i don't need to see more squash matches or like especially now, i know like, like the lead up to it is just going to be him killing people again right probably. which we've already seen and i don't, I don't think they know what else to do and yeah because he doesn't really have many drawn out matches no and then like last time he faced mjf he killed mjf 
And then I feel like if he's going to get a bunch of attention, it means that Hobbs won't because it's kind of the same thing and it's like one or the other kind of deal. And in that case, I would well, be Hobbs, picking Hobbs. Way more Hobbs. Absolutely Hobbs. And like, so he killed MJF last time. So ne- this time, like, you're going to, you're mean to tell me because it's a world title match now, MJF. Uh, has a fighting chance and he's like right. able to contest with Wardlow and probably he's beat, gotten better and probably beat Wardlow. I would think so. I don't think they're putting the belt on Wardlow. Like, oh, if they put the belt on Wardlow, oh, that would be horrible. But like, he would. He got killed by uh, Wardlow, and that I remember that was a compl- a small complaint of, of, from people when MJF won the title because it was like Wardlow destroyed him and now he's your champion. But like, I think it's more of an issue now if they're running it back. Cause it's like. No, it's just a weird thing to me, and I some sometimes don't care about that, but I'm gonna point it out because I don't really like Wardlow. That's the only problem. Like if it were like again, storyline is cool, but don't that there's no payoff that I want to see. Because I don't, I don't want at this point. Maybe they could with Wardlow. I don't want Wardlow to win. Um, and I don't want him to lose because that means I'll have to suffer a title feud anyways. That's right. I just don't want it. Um, next we get Hook and Rob Van Dam versus Dark Order's Silver and Reynolds. Why RVD's back on my TV, I do not know. It's funny you say that because well, I'll, I'll, I'll let it marinate. That'll be a criticism I come back to later, I think. Um, monkey flip from RVD. Leg drop to the back of Silver's head from RVD. RVD hits Silver with a rolling thunder for two. Listen to your excitement about this. Um, RVD. (laughs) Oh, wait till you get to, wait till I get to the Sting promo. I... I summarized it in a really I appreciate immature that. way. I'm a, um, I like that. That's fine. <laughs> um, RVD kicks a steel chair into Uno's face after intended interference. Cool mask, though. Yeah, it was a cool mask. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, Different for him. RVD takes up rounds with five stars frog splash. Hook submits silver in the red rum. Yep. Um, lame felt like rampage fodder. Largely just the greatest hits of RVD for no reason at all. When Are we even in Philly? I don't even know. Um... <laughs> Uh, Dark Order look like chumps here. Uh, after this new directive that they've taken, right? This, which I thought was cool, but now they just don't do anything. Hook barely did anything either. You can't even argue it was. He Hook. didn't. Like it was just literally RVD. RVD it, hot tag. There's not even really a storyline thing that RVD and Hook are have going on. So w- literally, what is the point of this? That's funny you say that. Can it's, we? It's why like you're is reading this not on my rampage? Notes. Or put it on Collision because I don't care about Collision. It's easy to put ignore. On Somewhere we can ignore it. Is all Somewhere I can feel comfortable about ignoring it. I don't have to review because. I can guarantee of the people who want to hear me review stuff, people don't want to hear me review this because I don't care. At one point at the beginning, Taz was talking about like, and it would be strange seeing his son teaming up with like a legend from his era. You know right? why, Taz? Because you probably shouldn't be seeing I was going to say, it's best you, as the kids say, that's not the flex he thinks it is probably. <laughs> it is not. But um, like we got the RVD hot tag in 2023, but like, and it's, to be honest, RVD is at like three-quarter speed. It's still solid, but it's not good. It didn't... Would I rather see him than Jarrett and sure. the Hardys and Sting? Yes, but you know how low of a bar that is? Very. That's incredibly low. That's like saying I'd rather see Sting wrestle than Ric Flair. Incredibly low bar. This felt really unimportant, and other than this nostalgia of seeing RVD, I'm not sure I see the point in this. Um, I feel like this time would have been better spent on pretty much anything else, and this... And this is a couple of things you were saying that sound exactly like my notes. This is the type of match that lets you know exactly where Dark Order are in the pecking order, right? And it's not good. Pecking and yeah. it's funny you said this already because my notes say this felt like something that belongs on Rampage to me. It's funny how Rampage, Rampage, opener. Rampage has a better looking card than this episode, obviously. Uh, uh, <laughs> arguably. That's, I 
I would say for Rampage, yeah. If you're comparing, right? it's like, only an hour. They only have an hour, and it's but packed. like there's two matches I am very right. interested in. Yeah, and like I think it's it is kind of insulting to say this is a Rampage kind of thing, but the perception of Rampage needs to change. Like I think if they book if every Rampage card is at least more like this week where there's two matches I'm interested in and like one's got a storyline with Santana and Ortiz and one's just like something really good on paper like Rampage could be so much better I think just because it's an hour show at 10 doesn't and it's taped doesn't mean it has to suck butt every week no but um it does so that leads us to get saying oh this sound feels like a Rampage match as an insult because that's typically what Rampage has so Rampage can change that perception easily I think being recorded they have trouble keeping it in the current storylines and stuff sometimes too right like it seems like it's separate stuff going on over although there. i saw like on rampage um they have a segment for mjf and omega before collision i think that's a solid yeah. way to use that because yep. it because collision will be filmed separately and it's after rampage so you can kind of film it to set up collision and then collision could have things for dynamite and mm-hmm. so on and so forth so i think that could work but rampage yeah looks decent and this was not correct um next we had tony storm silent film but bell did not give us picture in picture so i had no comments on this so we switched cable providers and we were despite listening to my wife talk to them about we want exactly the same channels as our previous provider blah 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 they didn't give us either of the channels and that now we're, all the wrestling's on we're working on it but we still don't have no them. we have them now we have oh, okay, we do we but them. as of yesterday so we didn't have so we okay. were watching this okay. on Short story long, we were watching this on demand, and demand does not give us picture in picture. And we so didn't skip, but that's not a major issue. We saw none of the Tony Storm silent film, full Which disclosure. I'm not complaining about it. Nope, it's fine. I'm sure it was great. I don't really care. Um, next, and here we go. Next, Sting Speaks. Um, so I'm going to um, credit to TJR again for uh, help with this, but I did type most of this out by myself just to be as condescending and stupid as possible. Go ahead. Um, here we go. Sting thanked Philly. Sting thanked Darby. Darby, best tag partner Sting have. Sting thanked Tony Khan. Shivani thanked Sting. Shivani talked about how Sting on TBS too many years ago, 35 to be exact, put wrestling on map. Shivani reveals Sting gift. Outcome Ric Flair. Flair talked about magical. (laughs) I laughed because I knew you would love it. Oh, my God. Uh, Flair talked about magical life moments, not his last match. Um, Flair talked about them main event first class of champions, highlighting how old they are. Uh, Flair say long match hard. Flair say Sting the best, and Sting so nice. Flair wants to be a mm-hmm. part of Sting retirement. So now I'm gonna talk normally because it's Christian and I respect mm-hmm. him. Um, My Christian... note says Christian came out to save this segment. <laughs> yeah, Christian comes out to save us all. Um, Christian said Tony Khan's a billionaire, and this is the gift he gives Sting. Uh, he made some old jokes about Flair, namely when he said he knows that Flair isn't dead, but he said he also knows there's no God because if there was a God, Rick Flair would have been dead 20 <laughs> years <it>. ago. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love Christian so much. Um, Christian said he was out there because Sting and Darby said to stick their nose in his business again. Um, and he basically um, he mocked Philly, uh, so they are in Philly, I guess. That's why RVD. And here. they had just lost. So he mocked them for losing the baseball yes. playoffs. Um, he challenged Sting and Darby to a six-man tag against his peeps. Uh-huh. Ah, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and told them to get a partner. Uh, this was boring. Sting's promo was pretty pandering, and then a very end-of-the-road feeling lame. Flair's involvement here does absolutely nothing for me. I heard it might just be because they want ratings before they get a new TV deal. The fact that he so, gets still. ratings makes me angry, because yeah. he shouldn't. 
Um, Flair does nothing for me, and his promo was just as lame. Once again, though, we are saved at the bell by Christian Cage. In kayfabe, it's a mistake bringing Flair out here. We all know Christian Cage is in the building because that's just a death sentence and a half. Yep. Um, he torched Rick, and it was awesome. Absolutely saved it for me. Uh, Flo Gamera sounds fine. It's completely expected. Probably Edge in there. Although the nightmare is Ric Flair. Wrestling. Yeah, man, I wish, again, I wish this was on some show I don't watch. Um, And listen, I've been watching Sting since the, like, early 80s in NWA before it became WCW. And I've been a fan of Sting at various points throughout his career. But as listeners know, regulars, I don't watch wrestling for nostalgia. I don't watch basketball to see 55-year-olds play basketball. I don't watch wrestling to see Sting wrestle. And I have even less desire to see Ric Flair at this point. He did his goodbye to her. He had his abomination of a final match. He's generally a terrible person who's treated women like garbage for much of his life. I'm well past wanting to see any further glorification of this guy's career. And remember, he was like, quote unquote, canceled when the plane ride from hell stuff came out. And it was just a matter of time until that wasn't in anyone's recent memory. And then we trot this guy back. Out Apparently here, right? that stopped him from signing on as Andrade's manager a couple years back when that right. whole shebang But happened. now it's in the rearview mirror far enough. So he'll and come I on promise you, if this video on demand service had the ability to play at a faster speed, I would have for sure gone to one and a quarter or one and a half on this. This was like watching, it felt like I was being forced to watch WWE Hall of Fame inductions, and that is personal hell adjacent for me. I, like, that's what this felt like. And then Christian came out to save this, and his savagery towards Flair was really much appreciated. And then Sting, Christian just comes out to save segments here and there, I swear. And Sting's comeback is to sneeze and say he's allergic to jackasses. Like, that was, the, that was what we scripted for this? Like... I don't know if they intentionally went, well, we have to have Christian destroy you and you can't have a good comeback because he's going to get ultimately his comeuppance or whatever. But I thought that was just super weak. Um, Christian's just too good. And yeah, the Christian was great. The rest of this was a waste of my time. And I was making me a little angry that Ric Flair is on. Like, not this is not the route to take. We do not need this. No. But anyways. It still amazes me how far Christian's the turnaround on Christian's oh, yeah. impressed because like, he we were lumping him in with the we don't want these veterans. Oh, from, I hated him, and I, we keep saying it, but like it's crazy because I genuinely hated Christian. Like he was one of those guys where every time he was on and he was in a segment, I complained. I complained every but time. But it's important for people to know that we're not like we our opinions change, and if you do something different, we might like it or not like Christian's it. We're not whatever amazing. the young person language is. We're not just like always going to pump up AEW and certain people or Shills, all their people. Marks, whatever. Right. So it's kind of, we like what we guess, like, and we'll tell you what we like. Yeah. And we don't like all these old people coming, but Christian's like the Sting, exception. Sting, Flair. I care way more about Christian than Edge. Way more. Oh, infinitely more. Yeah. yeah. I, that's been like that ever since Christian turned heel, because I haven't given a crap about Edge's entire comeback run, except for maybe when he had the match with Daniel Bryan and uh, Roman. At I don't end. know why no one does the Savage promos like Christian. I like guess it's such like, a not everyone's okay with that, but like I don't know. And his delivery and his stupid face, even when he's not just, saying stuff, yeah, is so his good. Delivery and everything's too. Is like I love when he's just like I under I understand you have a father and your father's dead. He just is that character, right? Like there's some acting there. He's just good at it. It's just like, but it just feels like he's just a real douche. It's just it's so it's good. so good. But it just like it's so funny and saves segments to me too, especially like um all the, like the 
the roast to Ric Flair reminded me of that one time when he talked to Matt Hardy and he was like, you're starting to make your brother sound like the sober one or whatever. Like, I love lines like that because yeah. I don't like Jeff Hardy. I don't like Ric Flair. It's better when you don't like them because then it's twice as funny. Yeah. Because it's funny when it's at the expense of like Nick Wayne's dad or something, but it's even funnier when it's someone like Ric Flair. If Christian hadn't come out here and this had just continued, I would have been furious. If it was just this on its own, it'd be abysmal, but Christian makes it passable. Yep. Uh, the low passable. Um, next week, Chris Jericho sit down with Renee. You know what my um, first note from that one is? Mm. Well, the way he's the way Jericho said well, remember? Oh yeah. He was like, well, made cool, me laugh. Cool whip. Cool whip. Um, Jericho said he can't remember having a beatdown like what he took from Powerhouse Hobbs a few weeks ago. Yes. Will, quite a beatdown. Will power. Um, Renee wondered if he was having self reflection about what's left. Uh, he spoke about how he's always had immense self confidence in himself. No. <laughs> could have fooled me self-confidence no in himself that and, sounds redundant uh, <laughs> but anyways maybe i don't know how you have self-confidence uh, in someone else but <laughs> you could try i guess i i may not be an expert I've, i feel like he th- he might think he can <laughs> maybe he, he'll find a way he's chris freaking jericho uh and knowing he can beat anybody he couldn't get out of the hole he was in uh or hole hole i don't know uh that he was in with uh his match with Hobbsville because it says hole here with W. So I'm not sure if he he's meant hold Typo. or hole. I don't know. Um, Jericho wondered if he has what it takes to beat Hobbs. He better not. Sure didn't. He better not. Can't beat Osprey. Can't beat Hobbs. You can beat Sammy, I guess. Like, that's fine. Can't beat Takeshita. If you beat Takeshita, so help me God. He won't. He better not. Well, you, you say that now, but you also said, oh, his feud with Blackpool end at some point. That's and it true. did, but it also didn't end. It ended like six months too late, but it ended over half a year uh, after it should have. Um, he wondered if it has what it takes to be Hobbs. Is it time to step back or is it time to get some sort of revenge? It's time to step back. Um, he said that Don Callis has a family. He said he has a lot of friends too. No, some, no, no. Some friends no. bigger than Will no. Hobbs. So maybe it's time to give them a call. No. Um, <laughs> so No more factions for you. Well, I don't even think it's a fact. I think arguably it's worse than a faction. Um, because I was saying it to you. You were saying it to me. It's a horrible nightmare. What big friend does he have in the past that he's tag team with? Jarrah Show. Exactly. Jarrah Show. Um, this is fine. Not really interesting to me. I was hoping deep down that he would actually consider retiring, but I guess it's too close to Sting. Um, otherwise, I would say go for it. Retire. Um, this does annoy me though, because the last thing anyone needs or that i want is another chris jericho faction war they can't he's happen. had two and they've lasted incredibly long like an almost impressively long cite the case of someone who's come out of his faction elevated and looking better mjf probably not even his ascension i think came after that his that's my criticism is that. his factions don't help anyone they should be helping young people like garcia and whoever garcia else Garcia would have been helped if he joined blackpool but then he never did they don't help anyone but jericho no, and I don't even know if they really helped Jericho. They just helped him stay on TV, really. And he's so inconsistent now. With the, one week he's a heel, and one week he's the pain and maker, and then even, he's like the crying baby face. And I just even Guevara, meh. who should be the biggest case for Jer- someone Jericho elevated. He won his TNT titles on his own, um, and then he got dragged down going back into Jazz. Right. And then he became more interesting when he started to drift away from Jazz in right. the Four Pillars feud. Correct. And then he got tethered back in. That's right. Now he's becoming more interesting again with Don Callis. See, Don Callis' faction is what 
Jericho's any of Jericho's factions should be because it's elevated Takeshita already. Takeshita's mm-hmm. had a great year, uh, so and he's doing great already. Hobbs has looked better than his TNT title run or his QTV run, and Definitely. already Sammy's looked a little better, and it even yielded some good results for Osprey too. So Jericho at this point, I think, should be helping establish other people and i would suggest his factions don't do that at all so this just made me nervous that he's putting a group of people together it's it made me more nervous he needs that, a break man it made me more nervous that paul white's gonna wrestle again because i remember yeah, the one time cool he wrestled on the pay-per-view against qt marshall because that's who you want to face when you wrestle right. people in wrestling um and it was, hand, a bit, it was abysmal it was he could go to impact then join the good hands true are you Oddly enough, fit because he looks kind of like them and looks just as boring. A little bit. Hey, I like the good hands. How dare you? Oh, then don't book. Someone's coming down the stairs. I hear it. It's definitely the cat. Maybe they're bringing food. It's definitely the cat because she would definitely make that loud of a creak. For sure. Now you just have to see if the door opens or not because you keep keep going. I'm just like I'm kind of curious though. Uh, next we get because the show needs a pickup. Uh, Hung Bucks take on the Hardys and Isaiah Cassidy, (sighs) aka Hardy Party. Crazy. Um, for the ROH tag six man tag titles, because again, must see. Um, I had thought it was funny. Um, well, uh, one thing I wrote was um, I miss Private Party because they had such potential. Then yeah. the heel run killed them, and now Mark Quinn is missing. And Brother Zay is food. Yeah, I now told he's you. now he's Brother Zay, and I don't. That's a horrible name. It is. Um, you want to like you can like pop it Just down. Just drop it off. I'm, Thank okay, you for bringing food. We got food here, folks. I don't know what I'm looking Silent at. Silent food, hopefully. Like a little little sandwich business, um, banana bread. Uh, like I got, oh, that's that's crunchy. That is crunchy. That is. Okay. I'm yeah, leaving all no, this footage in too. Well, yeah, this, this is like delivered. interesting behind the scenes here, you know. Yeah, we know. Are they all peanut butter and jam? Thank you. That one looks different, but like, am I just tripping? That looks like turkey. Is that just the bread? Okay, I'm dumb. Yeah, no, that's my favorite new new favorite cheese. All right, thank you, mother. Thank you. Okay, um, I will uh, talk about this fast so I can eat some cheese. Um, but yeah, I miss private party because we used to complain about all. Th- why are you eating the cheese? That's gonna... that's true. That's true. I muted myself so I can. <laughs> oh, oh, we caught it this time though. Mm-hmm, we caught I did. it this time. Okay, that's good. I'm gonna mute so I can eat cheese before you eat it all. I'm Go ahead. I'm just gonna like lean away because I just so that we don't accidentally mute me or whatever. Right. Because um, that happened last time. It did. Um, but yeah, private party had such potential, and then they turned heel, and it was lame, and now they don't do anything. The Hardy family office, that was you want to talk about bad factions. That was a bad spell, and then you had um Afo. Um, with then Andrade got sucked into that. That was bad. Um, the funny thing Excalibur said I noted um was Cassidy has quote strong do rag game, which made me chuckle. I don't know why. I wrote that down as well. That was pretty funny. Strong do rag game by Brother Zay is the. And then the other thing, and I know you wrote this too. Um, RVD Hardy Sting and Ric Flair on the same wrestling show in 2023. What the hell? I said RVD Sting Flair Jericho Hardys in the first hour. Not the lineup I would ever hope for. Jericho is as much as I don't like it. It's, at least it's usual because he still wrestles decently and like whatever. Out of all of them, he is excusable. But the Hardys are far worse than they used to be. RVD takes up space for no reason. Sting serves little no purpose for me. And Ric Flair, why was he here? Agree. Yeah, so excellent. Excellent roster. Now, the only thing we need is Jeff Jarrett on the show. And then we're golden. Absolutely. Um, now, with since the Hardys are facing the Bucks again, they're forcing me to abbreviate the two mats, which I hate doing because it's just like I want to be able to see like easily. But now I have to read MH and MJ repeatedly. I see John has to clarify that in his <clears throat> reviews as well. It's, an, it's annoying. Like 
I think he goes with Hardy as Matt Hardy, and and Matt is. I can't do that. Jackson. I'm gonna mess it up for sure. Well, because there's two Hardys and two Jacksons, so it's just it's horrible. Um, Matt Hardy hit a side effect to Matt Jackson for two. Uh, it's a cool twisting tornado dive to the outside from Isaiah Cassidy on the Hangman and Nick. Yep. Um, Matt Jackson hit the stereo and then two backs to Zay and Matt Hardy. Then Hangman gets in the hot tag for uh with the flurry. Um, Hangman gets hit with the silly string, bring that back, even though no Mark Quinn. Right. Did Mark Quinn get injured or something? I don't know like, where he what is. What the hell happened to Mark Quinn? Well, I, private party. Let me man. go check. And private by the way, my earlier check, Ortiz's name is Miguel Molina. Miguel Ortiz. So not Steve. <laughs> Believe it or not. It's not like a, a kind of white name because Mike Santana, it's like that could be someone white. It could be. Um, Matt Hardy, it's a twist of on Matt Jackson. The Jeff falls with Swanton Bomb for a near fall. Nick makes a save. Uh, finish comes with a buckshot layer to Zay, then uh, super kicks to the Hardys, and a B2 trigger to Zay for the win. Uh, then we get a video on the trauma swerve going to Hangman's home. Um, Nana East chocolate-covered berries saying he loves those. Um, swerve takes a painting up, uh, off of the fridge uh, that clearly Hangman's kid did and um, says they have no taste here, uh, then rips it. Um, swerve looks at one of the child books that they have, and then they hear something. Then they go upstairs to the baby's crib. So it reminds Hangman of how his loved ones will pay the price, and it's not always him. And uh, he says Hangman isn't here. He asks if Hangman Jr. will owe him something, and he says he will, but not today. And he leaves a shirt on the baby and says he's forever indebted to him, and then they leave. Yeah, the match, man, there was some okay parts. The Bucks, oh, I forgot there was a match. The Bucks and Paige kind of worked well with Brother Zay, and then the Hardys like, are really slow and looked really exhausted near the end of this. I thought this just felt like Rampage again, right? And it's just, at this point, this is where I start going, this is a strange episode to me. Coincidentally, Hardys are on Rampage reducing them out. The result's not in doubt. With the Hardys, the action's not going to be great. So again, I don't see the point of this much like the Hook RVD tag match. Fine at best, I guess, but like just a filler match. And I like the Nana and Swerve stuff on the home invasion was the best part of this. I like that Nana was like, we got to go, we got to go. And Swerve was like, didn't care. My thing was we could have had more interesting opponents then. If you want to do a six-man tag open challenge, that's fine. But like, doesn't have to be these guys. Doesn't have to be the Hardys. No, uh, and I thought the visual of Swerve cutting the promo, leaning on the the crib, was a cool visual. So I I like that part. But the match seemed not necessary at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. I guess some of the action was decent, but a lot of it was the Hardys in control, and that's boring as hell. Um, like I said, don't know why it had to be them instead of a trio. I actually care about. Honestly, this is gonna sound crazy. But put in Spanish announced project. Yes, it's Luther and Serpentico who are losers. But I would rather see jobbers like Serpentico and Luther if it means getting in Helico instead of the Hardys and Isaiah Cassidy. Didn't you say Luther's been repackaged though? I think Luther was with Tony Storm. I heard someone say it's Luther, but I don't. I can't tell if it's actually Luther or not. Um, I do think uh, Helico's getting a crack at Eddie Kingston, so I'll watch that when it happens. But justice for Helico, okay? We love Angelico, and he never. We does should anything. get him on the pod. Nobody's a bigger fan of Angelico. Than yeah, us. bring Angelico here. I would gladly talk to Angelico because I would love to ask him questions about his funny little dance that I don't get to see anymore. Because guess what? He's not on TV. Just get him on TV once, so I can and give him an entrance. I so help me God, if he's on AEW and he doesn't even get an entrance, why are you bringing him there? I mean, yes, I do want to see him wrestle, but I want to see him do his funny little dance on TV, and I love his theme song a lot. Um, about the post match, um. That was all this was here set up, but I thought it was good though. I um, love the super villain swerve. Um, I thought it was cool. Yeah, him leaning on 
uh, the crib and just talking to the baby and just it did feel super villain, but in a good way because we love we love Swerve here. Love love Swerve. We need um and Helico and Nana to interact. So Quinn states, I think it's still an injury, although none of these are very recent. Well, from August nineteenth, twenty twenty three. Uh, programming nowhere to be seen. His status. Still suffers from a shoulder injury that's keeping him out of action since the start of the year, and he may not be cleared, has not been cleared to return. Wearing a brace sling would not be returning anytime soon. No. So that's all I know. Or Isaiah Cassidy. And Ethan Page still hasn't recovered. Remember uh, the firm, and he actually and then got it's follow- pushed. Followed up by Isaiah Cassidy not welcome on collision because of CM Punk not liking him. Anyways. That's relevant. Carry on. Um, next, we're getting an interview with Edge. Okay. Sure do, because, you know, this program's been skewing really young, so they decided to, like, put an older guy in a spot here. Jeez. Throw it over to the old guard. Yeah. Um, Renee summed up that he do- how he doesn't plan to fight Christian. Of course he um, doesn't. He said his friendship with Cage matters more than anything in this business. Uh-huh. Um, Despite not communicating with him before uprooting his whole life and joining AEW, on a w- just hoping that... They would reunite and Christian going, no. I guess, like... Stupid. There, you can support on the flimsy logic of... Because his kids were like, oh, go be th- with Uncle Jay. So he wanted to, like, surprise him. Guess you know, what? Best if friends. you tell me to quit my job and go work somewhere else, I'm probably not going to do it. You listen to your child about your career. And you didn't talk to Christian. Anyways, whatever. I guess he wanted to surprise him, but, like... Surpri- yeah, that, A, that's flimsy logic. B, that's not stated. That's just me. That's, like, my right. own... That's we're, my own headcanon, right? Right. We're Is working that. So, yeah. Um, Darby Allen Sting coming. Um, Allen said it's killer be killed here, so he's going to have to fight him. Uh, Sting spoke, because that's what I want. Um, talking about, like, take the blinders off or whatever. Because, um, like, you know, his friend's attacking him or whatever. Something about that. He learned stuff from Ric Flair, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we go way back. Don't mess it up on. Don't mess it all up now. Not true. Um, and I will take umbrage with that line. Yeah, this is just more time being invested into their story that I don't have any interest. We all know where this is going. He's gonna wrestle Christian, or what they're gonna unite, whatever. I just don't really care. And so much. This is the point. I'm getting frustrated because so much of this show has been dedicated to things that do not interest me, and that is not. It's not main roster. I expect that when I tune in there. But this show entertains me week after week after week. So when I don't find it entertaining, it frustrates me because it's my one pretty much lock that I'm going to enjoy Dynamite, right? I guess not. <laughs> but anyways, mm-hmm. as you eat a sandwich, should I continue speaking as you finish chewing? Uh, one moment. I'm just finishing my cheese. Thank, thank you, sir. Oh, smoked cheddar from Costco. Delicious. Balderson. Sponsor of the program. Balderson cheese. Hey, if they good stuff. If Balderson specifically smoked cheddar were to sponsor me, I would gladly take that. I will become WWE with their stupid Pizza Hut box if it's Balderson smoked cheddar. Oh, okay. All right. I'm good to go, folks. Um, This was whatever. I liked what Darby said. I'm going to say I thought Darby just like the way he delivered it and like his motif here. I thought it was logical. I just like the way he delivered it because it yep. just felt like real and like logical. It's like killer be killed. You got to act at some point right so i like that i thought he delivered really well and the way he went after nick wayne last week kind of ties into that and i feel like that's eventually where edge and christian will end up obviously right if they don't team um i didn't like sting obviously which is a given but um he's very famously the most gullible man in pro wrestling history he's been turned on countless times include if you want to include the nick wayne thing Mm -hmm. that's another one and so what who 
the hell is he to tell Edge to wake up? Like, I guess he's learned, but, like, now he's, like, old. So, of course, he's learned by now, but, like... And who killed A.R. Fox, by the way? I, I mean, I've got to be careful, because I've killed people with my words. But that exact same question, pretty much. Um, Like, he just disappeared? And so he left Mogul Embassy. Why? I don't know. That Like, that's a missed opportunity, man. Just gone. I that's, don't know where he is. I mean, to be fair, he is on TV a lot, but like he, they should have kept him in Mogul Embassy, man. Like, why didn't they? Oh, he, he had heat backstage for being unavailable for All In. Yeah, that I think he didn't want to go or whatever. But right. like, still, why did he? Have to, I still don't understand why they did that. And then, um, the line he said where he said uh, Sting and Edge go way back that bothered me because how exactly do they go way back? Don't they? They're in the WWE together, no? That's uh, I. I've talked about that. So, to my vast knowledge, they had no prior history to WWE, like before Edge got to WWE or before when Sting was in WCW. Um, Sting was in WWE for less than a year in 2014 and 2015 at a time where Edge was in forced retirement. So, it's not like he was active and wrestling and always there. It doesn't really seem like they go back. I don't, um, know. I don't know how they go back. So, I don't think the WWE argument is apt because Sting was there when Edge wasn't doing anything, really. I guess. I guess like they were Edge was involved in a small angle, but I don't think it really amounts to anything. Next we get because I want one of the outcasts to bring the show up. Uh, Hikaru versus Ruby Soho for the women's title. If you didn't know better, you would assume that the outcasts are like two of the only six women in this company or something, right? If you didn't know better, it'd be like, oh, they just clearly don't have many women, so they Half have the to... roster is you, Soho, right. Storm, and. Uh, Although Storm's story. not even in that group anymore, is she? Yeah, I don't know. But I'll lump her in with the XL cast Fair enough. for no reason. Um, I do that in my comment after this, yes. Why does Soho still have the outcast theme? Just kill it already. Um also her gear looks horrible. She should go back to what we she had before. She had like these weird like leather pants and her hair's all black now. Um it's rare I ever say this, but I liked her better with the hair dye just because it like was more vibrant just yeah look just more so with her hair style too it's just like she's got like the it's more on brand for her yeah it's like the, to be flashy the this or yeah like, it's like that yeah something like that uh which people can definitely see definitely um some notables from the match if i'm gonna draw anything um she didn't win in the ropes kind of slow and so hit a back heel chip or two and then we get like the road hitting roll up spot. Uh, missile drop kick from Sheeta. So we'll shoot out the apron to the riot kick, which is all right. Uh, sliding over from Sheeta for two after just a backbreaker. Yeah. Uh, the submission version and torture rack. So Ho tries pulling an Eddie Guerrero with face paint. Then so went for belt shot and Sheeta actually spray paints the belt. The real women's world championship. And then Sheeta has to like feel badly about it for I a minute. Guess, but I guess. Like, that kind of bugged me. I mean, I wouldn't want to spray paint my belt, but. Unless I did it on purpose. Then Soho hits her knockoff Blade Runner for two. Um, I don't know what she calls it, and I also don't care. Um, Soho hits the riot kick. Uh, then she comes back with a katana. Then a slow crawl for the pin for two. Pump knee, Falcon Arrow. Um, that looked good. Then Soho rolls back in the pin. Then Sheeta kicks her off, and she hits the exposed turnbuckle. Uh, kind of. looks like she ran into it, really. Yeah. Sheeta hits another katana to pick up the win. Yeah, it um and so Storm came out after doing weird stuff that didn't really matter. No, the spot with the paint, I thought Cheetah looked kind of dumb, and then she like sp accidentally spray paints the title and then turns her back on Solo, and then wasn't there like a tiny like half a second choke by Ruby with something? I thought. Yeah, it was like some little cable. And like she for less it. than a second. Yeah, and then was... she dropped it. But anyways, I thought the knee and Falcon Arrow combo looked good. The finishing strike I didn't think looked great. 
I guess the match was fine. I, I thought there was some parts, same as you, it looked a little slow motion to me, and I usually like Sheeta and don't have a huge issue with Soho, but again, results never in doubt, and about a third of the match was during a commercial, so it's hard to get too into it. Just another match that felt like it didn't really matter. So Tony Storm's back in the title hunt. Um, I don't, it's just I don't... the outcast still circling this title. And like, there's no other women in the company, right? And could she to possibly lose already? Makes uh... me nervous because she has nothing other than three-time champion. And Storm has this new character that's really catching on. Um, I thought about that. But then my justification was, if Storm were to challenge for it, my theory was she loses it again and it would make her spiral even more and become more in yeah. deranged or whatever. That's the only justification I can think of for having this because that was my thought too. Her new character, why would she lose? But she cannot lose the title back to one of them again. And I think she also needs more time to distance herself from the outcast because it still feels like she's just barely out of that group and I'm tired of that group. So I don't know, man. I just don't get what they're doing. It's like they're almost intentionally like you guys feels like WWE you guys really really want this division and more people too bad we're giving you this and you're gonna like it I don't like need it. to do something else they do finally um typical complaints here some of the action was slow it um, was at times and a little sloppy a little clunky um typical mediocre women's match uh no build for this and just a random title match um Soho was just thrust into this and that's something that's plagued many title runs in the women's division um so who has this weird, slightly new look again that it's random? Like like when Storm changed her look, it's just random. Um, action was fine at best, finish is lame because essentially she'd have got a tainted victory. Like, good job, babyface. Um, also not a fan of Storm possibly telling Sheet again. Not because I dislike her character. I think it's fine. Like, I don't love it particularly, but I'm not going to crap on it yep. yet because it's not outcast level. But she's still orbiting the outcast, and she's back for the title again. Like, Sheeta cannot lose it again. That just does her a huge disservice. Like, you have to build her again. But like, and if you're going to do Sheeta Storm again, just please build it. Actually. And give me something. I say it every week. Give me something about Sheeta, like something other than she. She deserves. She something, wins yes. the belt when they need her. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, next we get MJF backstage. Um, he's getting checked on, or something. Or he was like, was he in the medical room? I don't know, something like that. He was talking with Renee. Yeah. Right? Joe comes in and says he is assured as your friends. He needs someone to watch his back and look out for his best interests. Joe says he'll be that friend under the condition he gets his rematch for the title and tells MJF to think about it. Uh, I thought this was really cool. If MJF opts to deny the acclaim in Roddy, I think this would be a cool way to go. Yep. And this makes sense for Joe, like helping MJF, but and he's got his end game still, right? And it so was I almost, really liked it. almost like Joe's intimidating him into doing it, which I also like because that's Samoa Joe and he's scary as hell. And even though, again, not sure that's the right look for your champion face of the company that he's I mean, like intimidated by Joe, but... I l it makes sense because Joe is scary. I would say even if it's big heel MJF, he would still be he would be afraid of Samoa Joe no but matter what. But heel makes more sense because you're you're the like but cowardly heel. He's he's still a scumbag though. MJF's yeah, still um uh, somewhat of a coward yeah. at the end of the day. And if you're gonna like if you're picking someone to be afraid of, I think Samoa Joe's an Agreed. pick. Like there there are far he's worse scary. things to be afraid of than Samoa Joe. Like yep. oh, I don't know, running away from Sting when you're in a faction. I would never heels. fault anyone for being afraid of Samoa Joe. Exactly. So I think that's totally fine. Um May event time we get International Champ Orange Cassidy not defending his belt, much to my dismay. Uh and Kazuchika Okada, because that's something you do normally. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind not, of the not, theme not, of this show. Not like, complaining. I'm just saying right. it's compla I'm completely random that Golkata's here. N and uh, uh, better than RVD. Because there are two things. Like, 
Okada and RVD wrestling on the show make are just completely random. But one of them's good and one of them's a Rob Van Dam. This show reminds me of like, what was it where a whole bunch of WWE people got trapped somewhere and couldn't come back and they had to like call up the NXT and everything felt rant. Oh, that episode was sweet. That SmackDown. Um, yeah, it was after Crown Jewel in 2019. Or like it's a roster suddenly ravaged by COVID and they had to make all kinds of audibles. Like, I don't know what's going on with the show. No. It's cool to see Okada, don't get it's me like wrong. An exercise but like, in randomness. If everything else on the show is normal, I would be less um yes. disturbed by Okada, but it's very weird. So they're taking on Blackpools, Brian Danson, Claudio Castagnoli. No mocks in sight, unfortunately. At least it was I I don't mean to say not Yuta, because Yuta's good, but Claudio Danielson's a stronger team, I think. Um, just not Yuta, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Yuta. Uh, You're I'm, cool. I'm too. sorry, Yuta. We You're we like cool. you, buddy. Um, at I mean, at the end ending stare down, he was t- staring down Hook. So yeah. Give him a give him a crack at yep. Hook. That's looks right. like they're that's we, cool. we, we we like Yuta. I promise. We do. He's we just do. not the most interesting fella out there. Correct. Uh, that's kind of his crux. Which I mean, you could say that about Claudio, I guess. Um, Claudio tosses Cassie easily with a couple slams. Just chuck him around as yes. Claudio does. Um, uh, forearm exchange between him and Okada. Claudio Suplex drops Cassie over the top rope. Danson tags in. Diving knee drop to the back of the neck for two. Uh, like Nyla Rose style. Uh, Okada hot tag. We get a strike exchange between him and Danielson. Running back up in the corner. Followed by a DT from Okada for two. Um, Cassie hit, or Cassie hits a uh, yes kick variation on Claudio. Uh, Claudio box tilt roll DT. Goes for the swing. Cassie counters back. Claudio tries to deadlift him in Suplex. And Cassie hits a stun lock. Millions some great strength from claudio mm-hmm. and then my favorite part of the match um claudio just catches cassie with an orange punch attempt and just switches swing. right away <laughs> it was so sweet incredibly smooth into the swing it was incredibly smooth um decent length too and then he like ramped it up really fast before dropping him into the sharpshooter and then eventually caught broke that that was clean as hell it was honestly impressive it was just like he caught him and it was just like whoa right into the swing like you had no time to None. react to it it was just like he's going into the swing um, Danson takes an orange punch and a rainmaker combo. Uh, then Claudio eventually picks up the win for Blackpool with the very European uppercut on Cassie, which is just a pop up into the uppercut. And then there's like a bit of a stare down whole shebang after <laughs> the locker room empty- empties. It felt like like a whole bunch of best friends come out. Hook comes out. Yeah, yeah. It was a like bunch it was like a whole. Deal. I don't. I don't know. There's yeah. a bunch of people out there. So commentary pointed a couple things. I, I, I not that I forgot, but it was nice they reminded us that Okada broke Danielson's arm at Forbidden Door. Right. That adds at least like okay, it's not as random. Um, yeah, I do remember like they do have the history from that. And it's least. the first time Danielson and Cassidy have ever faced each other, which I thought was also interesting. Um, easily the best match on the show, but still kind of felt thrown together. Right. Like independent of any storyline, really. I thought there was really good chemistry between Claudio and Orange Cassidy. Their bits were really entertaining, um, I thought. Well, Cassidy's defending against him next week, so oh, nice. that's good. And I thought the final, like, more frantic few minutes of this were really entertaining. Uh, so I thought, like, a good main event, not an amazing one, but still the best match on this show, I thought. Mm-hmm. Finish your cheese. Okay, my cheese is finished. Um, I thought it was a pretty good TV tag as well. It was a little thrown together, but really solid in-ring action. Saved the show a little. Um, cool to see Okada again, considering on AEW, we've only ever seen him wrestle on both of the Forbidden Door shows. Yep. Um, I was there for one. Me too. I saw you there. Really? In the seat right beside me. I think, yeah, you were sitting with that guy who, um, fell down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you fall down? Nope. I tried to help him, but he was gone. He (laughs) fell fast. (laughs) Steep up there. It is true. Yeah, stairs are dangerous, you know, and good thing he just missed, like, a 
regular house show though yeah you know, exactly didn't miss anything no, nothing nothing life-changing or nope. year-defining just average matches like at best no nothing i would ever rewatch multiple times over right. and over and praise forever incredibly highly um extremely random here but it got him and danielson in the same match again so you can't complain about that and you better not complain about that i won't mr danielson fanboy guy do you love danielson um solid stuff here i thought claudio had a couple crazy bits again like he really showed out here just the switch in the swing was so clean it's one of those things where it's like you just you can't get over that him and cassidy was, was sweet together yeah um so i'm looking forward to that uh looking forward to that uh next week for sure um one of the better swings he's done for sure um the end stretch like you said um with everyone hanging a bunch of stuff was really hectic in a good way claudio getting the pin here is good for him look forward to him versus cassidy um get cassidy's reign back on track i feel like Cassie's run last time started out a little rocky. I think once he finds footing with some sick open challenges, uh, he can get back on track. So hopefully he faces Claudio, get yeah. some there. If uh, can like, I don't think he's did it the first time. So can you just give Takeshita a shot, maybe? Maybe. Or if you want to save that for Takeshita winning the belt, that's also okay. That was acceptable. That is fully acceptable. Um, I think Takeshita, he's international. He's an international. He is. Bella. He is. So overall, obviously not a huge fan of this show. I thought it was strange. Like, think about this. With every match other than the opener, I felt that I could ask why and not have a good answer, right? Like every other match on this show, why? Don't know. Why Cassidy and Okada against Blackpool? Don't know. Why Ruby Soho and Sheeta? Don't know. Don't know why they would have a match. I think I do know for the main event, but I forgot because it's some like... Why do the Hardys and Brothers A get a six-man tag don't know right like honestly why are hook and rvd in a tag team against dark order i don't know again i felt like this was like audibles if they came out later in the news next week and were like well it turns out like 20 people had covid and they had to rewrite oh, right they yeah. had to you, rewrite you sunday's thing or last week's thing i it would make sense to me but anyways too many aging veterans i talked about that not enough younger talent or premier talent i didn't feel like on this show um, some MJF, but not in a match. Kenny, but a sighting, not in a match. Um, I don't think any matches really stood out. No, neither, Don Callis. Neither did any segments or anything, right? So there, I would say there haven't been more than a handful of episodes I liked less than this one. Really disappointing for me. Felt like a house show or like one of AEW's lesser programs and not Dynamite. I gave it a C-, which I don't know if I've been much lower than that before. I, I did not enjoy this show very much. Um you what did you this think is on the dynamite curve of course it is it's comparing it to itself right like was it a terrible wrestling show no but relative to what they usually give me it was pretty bad mm -hmm. um yeah this is not a banner episode super below standard um the main event was really fun but not again like it kind of came out of left field uh women's match was lame and also came out of left field uh the six-man tag match was meh and also came out of left field and robin dam came completely out of left field why um opener was solid and that one actually made sense i thought the segment yeah. after that was a lot but i thought it was generally pretty good sting segment sucked christian was a high point uh christian saved it for me jericho whatever edge whatever um yeah just nothing really to enjoy on the show i think i liked a couple things a little more so i'm gonna give it a c but just not a banner dynamite nope Okay, well, now we're going to switch gears and do a little bit of trivia. And we call that segment Off the Top of His Head. All right, so I'm hitting you with some Halloween Havoc trivia. And it is 
uh, chat GPT generated. So we'll see how they're doing. I asked, can you generate a list of 15 matches going back and forth between some of the best and some of the worst Halloween Havoc Don't wrestling matches? Don't be negative. They hate that. Can you summarize some of the story leading up to each match? So it alternates between good and bad as far as I can tell. So first one, good. 1997, title versus mask. Any guesses? Mysterio and Guerrero. Correct. Did you know for sure or just... I knew for sure. Um, because that one's pretty famous, and that's the one where Ray wore, wore the purple bodysuit. Yep. And also, I played that in the 2K22 showcase. It says this belt was a culmination of their intense rivalry, showcasing high-flying and technical wrestling. True. It's WCW Cruiserweight, so... So bad now. This is very funny. 1998. Two megastars, oh, and we Hogan just watched Warrior. it. Yeah, it was on the network, and we watched it. Oh my, we were counting the. We back played a bumps. fun game of count the bumps, and I <laughs> think like, Hogan took five. I think it was like five to three for eight Hogan bumps, or something. and it was a pretty lengthy match. They yeah. did a lot of walking around. At one point, the ref had taken the same amount of back bumps Correct. as Warrior. That's at, right. At one point, that's right. They were tied um, one apiece. Horace Hogan showed up though, so that is it. That was. <laughs> it was bad. That was a bad, the, bad match. It was one of the worst best things i've ever seen in my entire yeah, life that's that's that era it's getting close hey, to the bad days of let me, 99 let me just and say on. like <laughs> for like better the for, wheels start to wobble in 98 and like they come off at like for 99. better or for worse that's something i think every wrestling fan needs to watch what a what about that like, oh i would love to you want to talk about how like the osprey omega match kind of killed um okada danison well, I would love to watch that match and just be like, oh, you want to watch Hogan and Warrior? <laughs> just like, not to, I hate that term, but like the work rate was like. Normally, that's not a nothing. huge deal because you can have a good match without like right. an amazing, amazing work they rate. They did but, like, nothing. The work rate there is non-existent. Remember Hogan took like two or three bumps in a row? That was crazy. It was like, yeah, some of them were light though, like where you can't count as back. Bumps, no, they so. were like on the side or gently. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back. So many, like their arms must have hurt after. Cause like, well, it's because they worked each other's arms over so that's much right. they couldn't like pick each other that, up. There's right a now. lot that's of what, like That's what it was. Locks. That's what it was. Right? Although Warrior did look solid missing the ultimate splash once because yep. uh, he'd like land on He went for it. Uh, good match. Cruiserweight Championship 1996. Long standing feud over the Cruiserweight title. Showcase of one man's technical prowess against the other's high-flying style. Is it six in someone? It is not. Malenko? Correct. He's the technician and the high-flying. Six. May have been mentioned already this trivia. Hulk Hogan. Duh. <laughs> Nailed it. it. Yeah, that's All it. Right, we're, we're done here. Uh, Mysterio again. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, a bad one, I would assume. And I think you know this one. Monster Truck Sumo Match. Well, that's like half the match. That's like, well, that's half the story because there was the normal match after, which is equally bad. Right. Giant and Hogan. Correct. Um, Nine, well, because there's like, let's paint the full picture here. We had the Monster Truck Sumo match, which was just five minutes or so of Monster Trucks going back and forth. Pushing so in entertaining. Then Woo. they fight on the roof and Hogan hits Giant and actually knocks him off the roof of the building. So he basically Murder. kills the Giant. Then Hogan comes out. And bear in mind, this is after Judge of Doom shaved Hogan's mustache. So it's bare-faced Hogan, right. which is like... Shocking. The strangest, one of the strangest things yeah. that is ever in the history of human existence. And then Giant somehow survives, comes back out for his match. And this is the one where the Yete comes out. Yeah, Which Yete. is basically like a seven-foot dude wrapped in toilet paper. And yep. then him and um, uh, Giant <laughs> proceed to, quote-unquote, double bear hug Hogan. They basically hump Hogan they to do. death. Yep. And I'm pretty sure this is where um, Giant won the title by disqualification because WCW allowed that for some reason. It's a legendary match. It's, it's legendarily stupid. Honestly, 
since I've seen Hogan Warrior, I think we need to watch that. Because, like, mid 90s WCW pre. I think that would have been 95. Buddy, that's my wheelhouse. Let's go. That what was it? I think that might have been ninety five. What though. the monster truck? Yeah, it was. I think. Oh, did it say? Did you yep, say ninety five? Okay, I thought you said ninety six. No, that was the match before. That oh, was right, right, right. My bad. Okay, but yeah, like pre NW or pre Nitro, or no, this that's be, when I was really into pre, it. Pre Nitro, um, is not as bad as like ninety nine two thousand, but it's still like horrible. Like the Hulkamania crap. Yep. I need to watch that. I need to see the online stand the Hulkamania, you know, the triple cage thing. I want to see that. We can watch that. I want to find my that. wheelhouse. Um, 1992 spin the wheel, make the deal. Coal miners glove match. I believe this was considered a good one. I know it's Jake Robertson. Correct. Someone, Cause I know it was him. I, someone we may have just complained a bunch about on dynamite. Take your pick. Trust your instincts. Sting? my son. Correct. Really? Okay. Yep. At least according to this. That's weird. I can't mean, count on me to fact check. 92. It. Yep. Um, 1993, title versus career. Flair and... Nope. Someone who's retiring so- shortly. Jericho. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's wishful thinking. Um, Stain. Yep. Versus someone Hater? whose name came up earlier. Big guy. Abdullah the Butcher. Name came up not while we were recording. Sid Vicious. I don't know how to get you there. Oh, when were we talking? Why? Oh, because I was watching up. a video. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait, sorry. 92... Uh, Sting beat Jake Roberts. Yeah, Coal Miners Club. That sounds so lame. So nineteen. That's the main event. Nineteen ninety NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. This would be one of the good ones. Sorry, I, I was just talking. Go, go again. NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. Nineteen ninety classic encounter. Um, r- two superstars rivalry reached a pinnacle at this time. This is good. Showcasing class of two wrestling icons. Good. What? Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Um. Sting Flair? Yes. I was just going to say, like, famous opponents, whatever, whatever. That's what I thought of. Yeah. Uh, dipping back into the bad, because it's 2000, so it couldn't have been good, because I don't know if there's anything good at that point. Honestly, like, I'm not, like, I'm trying to be funny, but that might actually be true. I don't know if it is. Because every match is 20,000 run-ins and no finishes and just craziness. Anyways, 2000 WCW World Heavyweight Championship match. One man aligned with the New Blood faction, which is funny because he was one of the old guys even then, or one of the veterans. Put himself in the Jarrett? new... Correct. Yeah. Obviously. Versus who? <laughs> Not Hogan. I think he's nope. gone. Brett? No. Nope. No, he was injured Same at person point. that's been in the last two matches. Sting? Correct. So yeah, Jarrett's like, oh, I'm with um, all these young people. Like I think it was Jindrak and um, Probably Palumbo, Palumbo um, and Jeff Jarrett. Well, the funny part is, too, is that the... Um, the way that Cultaholic put it, because I think I was Maybe watching O'Hare. him talking about it. Probably, yeah. yeah. Sean O'Hare. I thought he was cool back Did you in say Stasiak already? Probably oh, Stasiak, oh, too. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, Maybe Mike me. Sanders. I don't know if that's the right timing. Mike Awesome? I don't know. Um, But, like, the old guys clinging to their spot, like Hogan and all them, are the baby faces, and then the new blood are heels. Like, yeah. Of course, also. Exactly. Bru- of course, also, Russo and Bischoff attach themselves to the cool young guys, like them and Jarrett. I was worried you're gonna say NWO two thousand when yeah. you said the new when you started to make the N sound. I was like NWO two thousand. No. Um. Next one. I guess this was good. Nineteen ninety nine strap match. That doesn't sound good. Just because you said nineteen ninety nine strap match. Yes. Uh. It's gonna be tough. Uh, Somebody we complained about on Dynamite, not Sting. Ric Flair. Correct. Bischoff. No. Why did I think Bischoff? Someone Russo. that got buried in. David Flair. When he went to WWE. That, 
applies to so many ddp correct you know where i'm going uh, yeah because he got like i'll be surprised if you get this 1994 non-sanctioned strap match why so wait one's good and one's bad formerly known as the big boss man Oh, um, what's it like, Big Brother Rogers or something? No, he was the guardian angel at that point. I don't even know. Against that. another dominant big man who is a killer in Japan. WWE Peter? wasted him, yes. Yeah, because he didn't have an actual Shawn Michaels, and then Shawn's like, no. Light heavyweight championship match from 1991. WCW had a light heavyweight title? Apparently. According to, who knows, according to Chad that's GPT. That's the first time here. This is 91. Uh, so oh, his son's in AEW. Arn Anderson. Or sorry, his son's in NXT recently. Pillman. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. And Ricky Morton. You're not going to get that. No. Okay, wait. So that's 91. I've never heard of that, that they had a... they. Oh, yeah. So it was that's the right. inaugural light heavyweight title. Okay, I need to... I don't even know what this belt looks like. Couple more. 1998 World Television Championship match. That just looks like the TV title. Weird. So okay. 1998 World Television Championship. Rick Steiner. No. One is in AEW and one has been in Impact lately and shouldn't be. Oh, wait. No. Or shouldn't be wrestling. I mean, he looks super old lately. PCO. Raven and Jericho. Nah, I don't think I looked that name. How about Las Vegas? I should have th- thought of Jericho, though. That's... I don't remember this one. 1997 Las Vegas sudden death match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, if that's Sorry, true. Sorry, 97. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking Starcade 97. Halloween Havoc 97. Hogan and someone, right? No. Wait. One of Hogan's biggest rivals in WWE, though. Savage. Correct. And somebody mentioned in a previous match who was buried in WWE. Vader? No. DDP. Yes. Savage and DDP. Good. Okay. 97. That was tough. Some of those are before your time. I'd do better in... No, no, I wouldn't. Who am I? I was going to say, I used to watch that, but I still wouldn't do better. I don't know if you would do better if I'm being honest. Not bad. All right, we'll go into our final segment now where we talk about other stuff from the week of wrestling, and we call that High Spots and Rest Holds. All right, so you said there was nothing exciting on Raw. It's the same crap every week. It's like now that the bloodline's gone or whatever, it's like every week the Judgment Day and Cody Rhodes either open the show or they end the show. Because they're the new... The replacement for Bloodline. But the Bloodline's still going on SmackDown. It's like now just because they can't actually have the Bloodline everywhere, they have to like... So but it's like the Judgment Day is not as complex as the Bloodline, so it doesn't really work because they just like... It's always a repeat. I don't know. So I'm going to quickly run down Bound for Glory because it happened before NXT. <clears throat> then I'll talk NXT. All right, we probably should have done that first just in, based on the order. Right. I probably should have. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, like I said, this week's episode of Impact was just a replay of a lot, if not not quite all, but most of Bound for Glory. So the opening match was Kenta versus Chris Sabin for the X Division title. Really good match. Uh, Sabin ended up winning with a cradle shock. Only 11 minutes. A couple matches on this show were really quick, which seems to be kind of what TNA can call it that now. Um, they kind of do. Really good back and forth. And I told you it's it's clear... The influence Kenta had on Danielson because there's a lot of the offense is clearly just lifted from Kenta. You can see a lot of they his stuff there. Um, great choice for an opener. Really good match. Um, high pace on that one. Then we got the four-way Monsters Ball match, which was Moose, Macklin, PCO, and Rhino. Honestly, it was pretty fun for what it was. I ended up liking it more than I thought I would. 
Honestly, in this, Rhino was missing for so long, I forgot he was in this. And I was literally going, I thought this was a four-way. Who's the fourth person? He was like just, at, I don't know if he's down at ringside or whatever. Um, PCO took a couple wicked bumps. One was he got backdropped from inside the ring out onto a ladder spanning from the apron to the barricade. He, and he does not land gracefully at this point in his career. Maybe never. He's a big dude. But especially at 50, whatever, right? So then he also got powerbombed onto a bed of concrete outside the ring on the floor it also had tacks on it he almost missed the tacks but he did end up with some stuck in the back of his head so i don't think it was quite what they wanted but it's still he was finished the match with tacks stuck in his head um so pco did end up winning this he hit the deanimator to moose it looks so unsafe and even this was only a 13 minutes with Is four the people the one where he it's like a senton the cannonball off, on the apron right onto yeah. the apron where it just and looks he like just he's looks killing like, the it person. It looks like the heaviest landing on planet Earth. Correct. No matter Which is, what. I guess good, but like, no, I think it's he's not hurting people. Like, it's <laughs> it's gonna kill. There's ways someone. to get like a good look without like just full sending on the yes, apron. Yes, I agree. So like the opener, this felt a few minutes were missing from it. Could have been a bit longer, but enjoyable enough, like a basic no DQ match with four people, right? Um, then I thought this was really good too. The tag team championships were defended by the Rascals taking on. ABC, which is Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Really good tag match. The Rascals, of course, taking shortcuts whenever they can. Really fast pace, high-flying action, what you would ex expect from both of these teams. And ABC hit the Art of Finesse fold combination. Again, only 10 minutes long to become champs. Really good action. Felt a bit short. Uh, kind of nitpicking a good match, but could have been longer. Then we got the match that stole this show that I've watched twice that you watched and again it was 18 minutes and unfortunately when you watched it on the tv it was like four five to six minutes of it would have been commercials because there were two breaks so you I almost lost like, a third of the match and it kind of kills the momentum i thought it was they would just resume the match when they like i just i didn't No, they were cutting stuff there's cuts but that's i mean hopefully they i'm cut, pretty sure felt i felt like it was stuff hopefully missing. they cut the right parts but i don't, uh, I don't sorry, know sorry we're referring to will osprey taking on mike bailey 18 minutes. I thought this was fantastic. Um, the final third of it or so, once that kick exchange, right, that they had was... Kicks were insane. Crazy. The kicks I, they had are... I liked it a lot, but I think I liked it a little less than I should because after Osprey Omega, I refused to like anything more. Right. So if anything comes close, I'm just like, no! I This made my list for end of the year. I thought it, it was, was phenomenal. Sweet, yeah. I recommend people go check it out. Osprey's probably the wrestler of the year. And he Mike, will. He'll make my like. I don't know. We. He would probably make our overall category because we yeah. don't like. He doesn't really fit in AW or WWE. No. And Bailey does nothing but have awesome matches against everybody. Some of the ex the exchanges, especially kicking. Bailey's just, kicks are crazy, but Osprey just nailed him in the face with so many super kicks. Or that that hook around heel yeah, kick he does. Amazing. I I love that so much because it's like a super kick, but he's like coming from behind kind and of. And Osprey's suddenness, right? Like when he followed in with the hidden blade. Well, when Bailey was about to do the crazy spinning kick thing and and osprey just came out of nowhere and nailed him with the hidden blade just the explosiveness of osprey is like next level right um bailey got dumped on his head right what is what's that called the the driver that he the flamingo killed. driver no the the oh the storm driver yeah the oh storm driver right um so he hit that to bailey really high angle not quite as high as kenny omega but still looked really bad then a Hidden Blade Stormbreaker. Osprey wins as expected. Uh, awesome match. Go check it out. Uh, the CYS. Oh, Control. Nope. Call Your Shot. 
Gauntlet <laughs> Control match, your narrative, Gauntlet. which is their Royal Rumble-ish kind of thing, but I think it's only 20 of them, right? So long story so, short, yeah. surprise entrances, Sonny Kiss, Matt Cardona, Juventud Guerrera, uh, Final Four, because it was men and women mixed together was kind of cool. Jordan Grace, Kylan King, Bully Ray, Matt Cardona were the Final Four, but then Bully and Ray, uh, Grace clotheslined the other two out like almost immediately. So you end up with Bully Ray and uh, Jordan Grace. The finish comes multiple backfists and a Grace driver. Pretty actually impressive that she got Bully Ray up for a clean Grace driver. Like, I think that's, I saw it. Yeah. That's no joke. Um, so Jordan Grace wins after 30 minutes. I don't think the actual match was anything special. It ate up a half hour of the show. Feels like a couple of minutes could have been given to other matches before this. Again, the finishing sequence was impressive for Jordan Grace. And she immediately called her shot for the knockouts title at Hard to Kill. So... I so like Jordan when, Grace. When we get, uh, so I'm TNA, fine with that. She'll be the first TN or the for the new TNA knockouts champion. Right in a match I didn't really like that much. It was Trinity successfully defending the knockouts title against Mickey James. Another quicker than expected, like 11 minutes. I thought it was fine. Some of the action was a bit slow. I've I'm on the record as not being a huge fan of Trinity's in ring style. I think she's very WWE, a lot of flash and not as much substance as I would like uh, in a wrestling match. And I really do like the knockouts division in general. I would not have either of these two women in the spotlight. I think there's lots of better options. I must tell you go that with. like, it seems like they just gave up on the last rodeo. Like it's just yeah, not a thing. She she gave up the title, so now it just it doesn't matter. I guess. Well, even in a promo, she was like, "This isn't my first rodeo," and then she like had to catch herself and be, and it's not my last. Or I don't know. There was some sort of awkwardness in a promo, and then the main event. It was Alex Shelley successfully defending the Impact World Championship against Josh Alexander. 22 minutes, highly competitive back and forth. Uh, good chunk of time brawling on the floor early. It was the story of Alexander going, trying to get his C4, which is an awesome move in ends matches, and Shelly finding ways to avoid it. We got a chaos theory by Alexander. We got a shell shock kind of into the barricade, right? A slice bread out on the floor that looked good. Uh, you had Alexander then going after Shelly's knee. Um, and then two shell shocks in a row that both looked pretty I good. I like the way Alex the first one sells it. Yeah, looked like, really good. That's the way I like people sell, just kind of like the spike DDT kind of way. So I a like that. huge win for Alex Shelley. <clears throat> I can't imagine they're doing anything other than setting up option C, probably for hard to kill as well, right? Where you'd have Saban challenging, you have the Motor City Machine Guns explode sort of That'd thing. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, which is good. They've, they're they like Impact TNA, not originals, but they were way back you know in the day. know if there's... Um... Like a requirement for option C, because like I know like the no. way they did it when um Tyrus was TV champion so in NWA, he had to like defend it seven times. I don't whatever. know. Um, because I remember when they first did option C, it was like you could get cash in your shot or not at Destination X because yeah. they had the X Division pay per view. Right. But now they don't have that, so it's like you could do it whenever you want. So hypothetically, I don't know what the like, criteria is. I don't think there is one because didn't remember when Kaz. So did you get the first day you have it. Just That's what I'm thinking, right? Because Kaz had an option C after he beat Bailey for no reason. But remember. He, he didn't have the title that long, right. if I recall. Uh, right? Because, like, he, he won it from Bailey, and, like, a week later or so, he just, like, did option C. So I wish there was at least some sort of, like, requirement to fill yeah, the title. Yeah, I don't like, think there is. Like, a certain amount of days or a certain amount of defenses. So, like, then maybe you had X Division title matches on TV for a reason. You know right. what I mean? Like, yep. Um, I don't know. Because like, without the requirements, just, like, you win the title, and you're just like, oh, can I have a Cash I, I, My title shot, please. Yeah. Like, Overall, really good show. Osprey Bailey stole the show. Opener, tag title match, main event were really good. Thought Monsters Ball was pretty enjoyable. I'd say an A-minus show. Suffered slightly just from two of the stronger matches, Kenta um, and Sabin and Osprey. That Those matches felt 
Like they didn't really have any build, just kind of out of nowhere, but good matches. Um, good offering from, excuse me, from Impact uh, ahead of their rebranding in a few months. NXT was new, was, uh, sorry, uh, Halloween Havoc, and we had New Year's Day playing the theme Vampire, and sure seemed to me boring. like it was being lip synced. Yeah, for sure. Right? It sounded too good to be done live. Um, uh, they do the thing where they preview all the matches in video package as the band plays, as NXT tends to do. Miss Poppy. Poppy was good. So, yeah. I did like the opener was Kiana James and Roxanne Perez in a Devil's Playground match. I think you saw a bit I of did. this. I did. I hated the finish. Um, it's basically it. Falls Count Anywhere. Some yeah. of the props were kind of lame, right? They had a kiddie pool, a toddler slide, Playground. a swing set, a teeter-totter. Is yeah. this... But would the devil have little kids things in their playground? They're taking the playground too, literally. Right. Um, so At the same time, they also call Hell in a Cell devil's playground. So True. Perez gets suplexed on the floor. James gets a laptop from her purse and hits Perez with it. Some point during the break, there's a chain introduced, and Perez uh, uses the swing and swings into James as James is holding the trash can. Perez breaks a piece of the decorative fence over Kiana James' back and then hits a Russian leg sweep into... Uh, onto the little slide that was there. Uh, Kiana James then springs Perez hard into the barricade. I thought that looked good, and power bombs are on a trash can for a near fall. James then kind of pulls the teeter-totter apart and uses it to hit and choke uh, Roxanne with it. James misses a moonsault off the barricade. Perez hits James with the loaded purse, and then the pop rocks onto the bag for the win, um, and it breaks the brick that's inside the purse. That's how big that that's what was. that a it looked bricks, lame. bricks, man. Um, and B, like, why did it break the brick? That bothered me. It went by really quickly. It was only about ten minutes. And it, it, I mean, it feels like a PG era Last Man Standing, right? Like, it's hard to compare it to anything you'd see in on Dynamite. Because it also just doesn't help, like, just having such a small arena because at least I know. in Falls anywhere and there's like, nowhere to go. Main roster, they, they brawl in the crowd, which is not always the most interesting thing. But at least it like keeps it like. There's just a wide range of places to go. Yeah. And they can go backstage, but they're not really going to go anywhere here. No. Uh, I thought it was a good showing for Kiana James. She looked a bit more vicious than usual, but I thought the props they were given to work with were kind of silly. Some of the spots looked less yeah. impactful than they could have, I think. And a quarter of this quick match was during a commercial, so I thought it was still fun, and it got the crowd into the show. Uh, high spot, I liked. You had Mello sitting down with Vic Joseph, denying that he's the one that attacked Trick. And he's definitely speaking with a bit more edge in his voice. And he actually gets up and leaves before Vic can finish the questions he had prepared. I like this. Uh, Mello's kind of annoyed by the implication that he attacked Trick. He said his motivation's stronger than ever and that he's removed all the distractions, which I Ooh. thought was an interesting choice of words, right? That his buddy's a distraction sort of thing. And removed him. Does that mean you like oh. took him out, obviously? And they come back to that throughout this episode. Multiple people sort of accuse or assume Mello took out Trick and Mello denies it every time. I assume it too. Uh, I did not think the debut of Lexus King was very impressive. He took on Dante Chen and they made... The, I hated his finisher. They made the interesting choice to have this like be even. Like Dante Chen got a lot in this and I don't understand why that would be the case. Uh, we got a... Because Dante Chen's a superstar. It's kind of evenly matched and then there's a headbutt from Lexus King because I guess he's a heel, gives him the advantage. Um, Chen then gets another flurry with some strikes and a drop kick, and we get corner offense from King ends in like a boot choke, uses both of his feet while kind of holding on to the ropes of being horizontal, running crossface from behind, kick and a chin lock that Chen breaks out of. Another flurry of offense ending in an atomic drop and something I forgot to write down for Chen, and then a sudden kick and a twisting neck breaker out of the ropes, and King wins after four minutes. This finisher is super lame. It was like a 
straight jacket draping neckbreaker. Like the setup was super convoluted and the payoff was not really worth it. I don't think King stood out any more than Chen did here, to be perfectly honest. I thought his finisher didn't look very impactful. Nope. For a debut, I don't think there was anything notable about King in this match. He he did, I will say, feel different than Brian Pillman Jr. in AEW, but I don't know if it's better or worse because this was not like super... For a guy you've had vignettes for weeks, although the same vignette for the most part. Slightly different. But like, this is what you did. You had him face a nobody and like squeak out a win kind of thing. Odd choice, I thought. We got Ariana Grace and Kalani Jordan in the semifinal match for the breakout tournament for the women. Really basic, felt longer um, than, than the eight minutes it got. I don't know why they got so much time here. Neither of them are experienced and had shown in this tournament. Nothing special. The crowd wasn't really into it until it was over. And it was Kalani Jordan, as you would expect, winning with a moonsault to advance to the finals. Um, Vaughn is a bad actor, does not want Robert Stone making a match, or sorry, taking the match against Braun. Stone cut then refers to Vaughn and his friend, and like Vaughn has to stop short and be like, Did you just call me your friend? Like for real, sort of thing. Um, so Vaughn says he can't be there to help Stone with that match, and he gets back to his rehab as Stone leaves. So Vaughn's acting isn't good, and but I'm not hating the story, right? He's not a great performer in this capacity. Uh, and again, I think Braun kills Stone, and then that's more motivation for Vaughn to like do his rehab and come back and probably get a nice reception when he returns. Like, right? like table someone? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was annoyed every time Shotzi and Scarlett got screen time, right? What? They were, they were the hosts no. of this show. And it happens a few times throughout the show. And every, both so much, every time they're overacting and leaning too far into the spooky stuff. Um, they spin the wheel for the Creeds to get a TLS match. Uh, tables, ladders, and scares. Ha ha ha. For Angel and Umberto next week. But it's like the match isn't for anything though. So what are they going to grab? I find this cheesy. So I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see. Tables, ladders, and probably just a pinfall, right? That's lame then. Chase U faced the family for the NXT Tag Team Championships, and Hale and Thea Hale and JC Jane are there to support Chase U. A lot of stacks in peril, then a Tony Hot tag near the beginning of this. Some tandem offense from both teams. There was a nice uppercut suplex combination from the family I thought looked good. Huge boot from Hudson to stacks as stacks jumps off the apron to the floor. Superplex headbutt combination by the family for a near fall. And then their family finisher is countered into a roll-up for a near fall. Uh, Jane then introduces a crowbar, tries to give it to Andre Chase, but Chase refuses to use it. Tony runs the ropes and then knocks JC Jane uh, off the apron to the floor. And as he's kind of looking out to the floor, Chase uses like, it's like his legs to roll up Tony. I don't forget what it's called. After 11 minutes, so oh, Chase, you win the tag that team titles. That surprised me. Little that feels like a weird it's kind of a nice little reward. Like, hey, you guys have contributed a ton to like mid-card comedy stuff. So. I just like can... Andre Chase wear some wrestling gear, please. And in segment, Duke, Duke Hudson has a shirt, but he still has wrestling gear. So can Chase just not wrestle in a sweater? It's part of his thing now. Uh, I, and I think where they're going, because they, they kind of do it later, it's like Chase is losing control of the group. It's almost like JC Jane is having more influence on them than Chase is. And you can see that that's kind of coming. That's always a good thing. You want JC Jane's influence. And honestly, the family's run as tag team champions didn't do anything for me. I thought this was a pretty good TV tag match. Felt a bit short. A bit of a complicated finish, but other than that... Good for them, but we are long removed from the days of the Undisputed Era. We are. Um, the hard-hitting home truths I'm out on, <laughs> officially. He was talking about Dominic Mysterio this week, and I don't know if it's Fraser's delivery or the segments in general, but I do not like the tone of these. I find Fraser almost annoying, and when I wasn't sure if he was a heel or a babyface, I was like, okay, if he's a heel 
and he's being a little obnoxious, but he's not, right? He's definitely not a heel. So I don't like these for him. I, I think he's super talented, but I th- love playing as Fraser on uh, 2K. This isn't he's super fun. It. Uh, then we got Dolan and Gigi Dolan and Davenport's first name is not Lindsay. That's the tennis player. Why is this so hard? Davenport. Davenport. What's her name? Blair. Blair. Oh my God. You're never going to get there. Lindsay. Right. Because of the tennis player. So, not a fan of lights out because literally, like, they turn lights out. So they're wrestling in, like, Oh, I did Low see light the, like, conditions. the beginning of this, and like it bothers me because like again, like the playground, but they take lights out too literally. Like the AEW ones are cool because they have the records, and so it's like off records and lights out. It's kind of like metaphorical. Yeah, but this is literal. just like literal, and it's so stupid. I hate it. It's I said I have a note. Jack likes horrible. Davenport's in-ring pre-match laser stuff. Yeah, because it's like they um the had the laser thing. You know, sure has the diamond. It was yeah. like the laser is like that shield logo. That yeah, was and she's that was standing cool. in the middle of it. That was cool. We got a Dolan Meteora off the apron to Davenport on a chair that looked pretty good. Uh, Dolan gets a table out at the fans' request. Davenport then uses her belt to whip Gigi. Gigi a little bit later gets a belt of her own and returns the favor. The crowd just keeps chanting for tables. I would like to think probably because they were kind of bored by this. I I was. Um, Davenport they, goes and they gets need another one. Fix the tables. Von Wagner's not here. So Davenport, I think, forgot they already got a table and gets another one. And even commentary is kind of like, I guess she didn't like that other table. And then it's her versus the table setting it up, and the crowd once she got it set up, like mockingly cheered her. <laughs> Because, you know, when she's trying to set it up from one side and couldn't do it and had to, like, walk around to the other and the crowd was making fun of her. Trash can shot gives Gigi the advantage. And then she side slams Davenport on a trash can. Uh, Davenport clears off the announce table. She and Dolan battle on top of it. Davenport does a release Falcon Arrow from the announce table through the other table that was set up at ringside. Puts Dolan in the ring, hits her with a knee strike, and pins her after 13 minutes. Slow match, lots of walking around. We already had a women's match that felt really similar to this, just with better lighting. And that you could pin beside the ring instead of in it. The finishing spot was fine, but I thought that most of this was pretty ordinary. I kind of like Davenport, but she hasn't been really impressive in NXT. I think she needs a feud with another strong performer to get me more interested. Yeah, because when she was singing with Mako um, in UK, she it was, was good. solid, right? Yeah, I like those. Mako's someone you could feud with. Yeah. Made me laugh because I didn't even know what was going on, but it was Fallon Henley was dressed up like Tiffany Stratton and like mocking her to her face. So that was kind of entertaining. Uh, we then got the other semifinal in the women's breakout tournament. Yes, that's right. It's Lola Vice and Carmen Petrovich. So I have MMA dream match. Ha ha ha. As my first, <laughs> first note. Um, there was a decent spinning kick to Vice's back on the ground. Lots of kick. Some of them look good. Some of them don't. Some of Petrovich's stuff is... Um, Still a little bit off, I think. Anyways, Petrovic hits a dive to the floor, brings Vice back in the ring where Vice ducks a kick, hits the Black Mass or whatever she's calling it for the win in less than four minutes. Nothing great. This tournament has not been awesome. Someone took Noam Dar's Heritage Cup. He shows a picture of the culprit on his phone. I couldn't make out who it was. Turns out I went and looked. It's Tazawa. And he's saying you have to come and get it and guess from where. Did you see this? What do you think NXT likes to do on these Halloween Havocs? Think about it. Haunted House. Correct. Oh, I think he's going to the same place. Uh, and then we had the main event, which was Lyra Valkyria challenging Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship. Story of the challenger being really well prepared and having blocks and counters to like her hero's signature offense, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. Lyra hit a nice guillotine leg drop to Becky hanging in the ropes for two. She hit another a nice fisherman buster for two and a power bomb for two. 
Lyra hit the black mass, sort of one of her finishing kicks, and Lynch kicked out of it. Um, she hit a Didn't hop. Didn't Lola Vice do that, too? She does, yeah. Lynch, they, they're all inferior. Lynch hit a high angle manhandle slam that looked good, and Lyra kicked out, so that's nice that she got a kick out of a strong-looking manhandle slam. So Lynch goes for another manhandle slam, but Lyra's ready this time. She rolls up Lynch to get the win and become the NXT Women's Champion here. I thought it was a good match with a steady pace and a good story to tell. The crowd was really energetic and added a lot to this. They were quite into it. I think I probably liked Lynch Stratton better, which is surprising because I'm a big Lyra Valkyria fan, but I still thought this was a good match. I would nitpick it a little bit. Some of Lyra's strikes lacked impact, and they usually don't. And Becky Lynch was talking a lot, like to Lyra at times and to the referee at times. Like clearly she was running this match, right? Which is fine, but I don't usually find it that obvious. Like but... calling spots or just like yes. saying things? Like literally oh. like, okay, we're going to do, as they're leaning into the ropes, that's... you can see Becky leaning that's... in and talking to her. <laughs> and I don't know what she was saying to the ref, but I'm really happy for Lyra. I've seen something in her since her time in NXT UK. She just needed to ditch the bird gimmick stuff, which she has and become more What's of a, thing, a real person. Uh, it's just that now she's a person and she she doesn't take any crap from anyone. Basically, uh, that, I think that she is unique. I think she can hang with anyone in ring, and she just needs to continue tweaking the character. But a good main event, um, not the best show ever, but a, a watchable show at least. And I watchable, guess nice. I think that's bringing us to the end, right? We still I made it over so. two hours somehow. I don't know how we do that. But there's anyways. a will, there's a way. I'm supposed to be meeting some people out on the street right now. They're texting me and sending me pictures, so I should get I down there. I am not, because I have no life. Correct. Well, wow. I barely do. So That's true. Um, anyways, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 171. We'll be back next Saturday for 172. Looks like it's impossible to record any good gold days. We got one match in. We, we That's and then true. It all we have, I have a document with we one started. match. We started. We have if, proof. In, 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 yeah, that's what I was thinking. In case anyone doesn't believe me that I did... Jack Actually, got to watch Camacho in a match. It was not my fault that we didn't watch it. There's no procrastination involved. Nope. There's no stop letting denying. us. It was not my fault. Nope. But anyways, to we'll quote be back. Snitsky. We'll be back next next Saturday to do this all over again. We hope to see you back. Tell some friends. Tell them to come and check it out as well. Contact us if you like. We'd love to hear from you. FNSWrestling at gmail.com comes to me. FNS underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. Or leave a comment on YouTube. I reply to every comment that i notice that comes to me and i think jack will do the same so anyways we look forward to seeing you back here next week and until then everybody take care <laughs>